All right, Steve, now we know all those dead and lovely busters out there. Every Wednesday, they wake up, the first thing in the morning they say is, holy shit, it's new dead and lovely day. I know they all do, but for myself, yeah. on Wednesdays, I get excited because it's when the new episodes of one of my favorite podcasts, This Might Get Weird, mm. drops. It's a YouTuber's... Grace Helbig and uh, Mamory Hart, oh. and they just have a fun, funny show. Okay. On uh, last week's episode of their podcast, they were talking about Crystal Light. Do you remember Crystal Light? Like Crystal all of our, Light. our moms and stuff, mm-hmm. they would have those little yeah. single-serve packs, and they just toss them into a cup of water at, at Shoney's or Denny's or something. Sure. So I had an idea, because I think that that's one of those things that has long phased out of style. I don't remember the last time I saw somebody whip open a Crystal Light, you know? <sighs> Okay. But if they want to stay alive, if they want to stay contemporary, they need to heed the advice. This is, once again, trademark dead and lovely. You heard it here first. I'm here to pitch a new product to the makers of Crystal Light called Crystal Heavy. (laughs) Okay? The light days are long gone. What Crystal Heavy is, it is a dehydrated, crystallized form of your favorite alcoholic beverages. Okay? Hmm. And okay. basically, it's a great way that you can have your drinks on the go as well as save money at the bars. Right. Are you going to be another sucker going up to the bar ordering a, an $8 Jack and Coke? I think not. You just go to the bar, you order a regular Coke, that's like a dollar. Then you reach into your pocketbook, get out a crystal heavy Jack and Coke, you just tip that thing into there, boom. You just saved Hell yourself yeah. about 7 bucks at the bar. Okay, I'm worried you're going to lose some of the taste, but you're still going to get jacked up, so that's pretty awesome. But with all the alcohol. Yeah, less taste, all the alcohol will be the slogan. And now, Ben, I do not want to ruin your entire premise here, but Crystal Light is still a pretty popular beverage. Don't worry about it. Crystal Heavy is going (laughs) to absolutely blow it out of the water. Out of the water. And you heard it here (laughs) First, welcome to this week's installment of Dad and Lovely, the greatest uh, sales pitch and horror movie podcast in this multiverse or the next. Here with the host of the most, it's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. And me, Hollywood Steve. And dude, I'll tell you what, this has got to be a record-breaking number of weeks in a row where everything is fine, yep. nothing bad's happening, and everybody's crazy, doing right? well. It's crazy how good things are going. Yeah, it's it's insane. I've never seen such a long streak of things going well. Um, I don't know about you, but that $1,200 that I got from the government um, four or five oh, months man. ago, dude, it's still holding up great. You still got all yours it's left not, over? It's not ever going to run out. I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's too much. We bought groceries the other day, and we spent, you know, the average amount, $2.50. Yeah, it barely uh, put a dent in it. Rent, of course, uh, is $25 a month. Yeah, I mean, you're covered yep. for a couple of years at least. Yeah, and of course we invested some. <laughs> what are we, peasants? <laughs> well, it's good to hear, Steve. I'm glad things are holding out. I'm sure everybody in America is having the same conversation right now, right? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, I've had myself a, a pretty good week. I can't believe it's already Tuesday again. This week has kind of flown by, partially because our old dog went under the knife last week. Yeah. That old dog got oh. fixed up. See, the problem was dog was broken. Yep, broke dog. Yep, I took it to the vet. I said, <laughs> fix dog. Broke dog. Yep, old <laughs> case of broke dog. I'll tell you what, fix man. Fix dog. Fix dog. 
they don't make dogs like they used to. I remember them. Yeah, you know, they used to last a really long time, and you never really had to do much maintenance on them. But these dogs they're putting out these days, <laughs> I'm kind of thinking about getting an import next time. Yeah, that makes sense. You think it's like planned obsolescence? Yeah, I think making, that it is. Making dogs out of cheaper parts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What are they making these things out of? I don't know. <laughs> Build them out of scrap from the dog junkyard. Yeah, we got a used German model. Uh, <laughs> and she's been she's been doing us pretty good. Oh yeah, she's, she's not had any injuries, so yeah, <laughs> they're reliably built. These American yeah. dogs, questionable. Yeah, she had to have her yeah. uh, her ACL or rather her CCL, as it's known in the dog world, mm-hmm. had to have yeah. that thing operated on, and they they took her and did the operation. And they took a lot of our money. Yeah. And uh, we've been having to help her out. She's all kind of laid up and stuff. But actually, she's kind of walking on it pretty good, honestly, which is impressive considering that, like, with a big dog like that, they don't, like, repair the torn ACL. They, like, shave down the bones so that they, like, slide together in a way that a dog doesn't even have to have an ACL anymore. Basically, Uh whenever they do it, um, they also invert crosses and they shout at the heavens, um, that God's design was inferior yep. <laughs> and science prevails. That's part of where the expense is. Let me ask you the question on the minds of all the sports fans out <laughs> there, Ben. I'm the one to answer it. Will she ever dunk a basketball again? <laughs> it would be a real, real shame if Zora lived the rest of her life without dunking on somebody. Yeah, for real. Yeah, no, her the best of her Airbud days are still ahead of her. Awesome. Awesome. That's good. I'm <laughs> glad she's gonna come back next season. A little recuperation. She'll exactly. Well that's the thing, you couldn't have planned it to happen at a better time anyway, because of COVID dog basketball is all but canceled this year anyway. Absolutely. Even though dogs can't get COVID, the refs have to be humans, you know, because dogs just can't follow rules that well yeah yeah pretty so much. you can't get one of them to be like okay i'm i'm gonna keep up with the rules and also call out the other dogs when they don't follow the rules <laughs> and they can't blow the whistle yeah that's true oh. that, that is a real problem i wonder what dogs are like the most notorious cheaters in the dog basketball world i bet it's little chihuahuas and stuff man yeah yeah those little uh yeah it, it'd be like yeah chihuahuas and, and pomeranians and stuff yeah because oh. they can like hide easily i mean if you get you get a few pomeranians on your team and then maybe like a, a chow and the pomeranians just hide in the chow and then i don't know what the you know how that is beneficial but somehow it's gonna help and then they win the game they win the game. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Pomeranian. What game were they playing again? Basketball. Basketball. I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how that helps at all. But it's it, it's gonna work out for them. And then the Chihuahua is like, all the dogs are scared of it, of course. Oh, so yeah. It just barks at them and then chews up the ball and then pisses everywhere. That sounds about right, honestly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, since we've been uh, home taking care of her and, and not really being able to go on any long walks or anything like that, we have had some time to watch some flicks this week. We actually watched quite a few flicks oh, yeah? over the weekend. Just kind of had a little movie marathon over the weekend. We Let watched one of my old school favorites, That Thing You Do, which I am so happy to report still mm-hmm. holds the fuck up. Doing that. Dude, uh-huh. there's so many 
Beatles like chord tricks and stuff that they they snuck into that song and the other originals in there too. Uh, they really did their research with the music and did it right. I think Howard Shore did the music for it, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, yeah. God. I think we talked about that. Yeah, um, such a good movie. Do you, have you? I feel like you did maybe a couple of years ago rewatch this movie, or we just talked about it. We might have just talked maybe about. Maybe we talked it. about know. it sometime. Yeah, I think we talked about it maybe when we did a list of movies we watched the most or something. Okay, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember <laughs> us talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a fun movie. Still a fun watch, man. We watched the uh, the new Charlie's Angels movie, the one that like oh, okay. everybody got super pissed about and was so mad right. about. You remember Elizabeth that? Banks directed? Uh huh. It wasn't that bad. Like it wasn't ungoddamn believable or anything like that. But it's a right. Charlie's Angels movie. It's not like yeah, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, exactly. Like I remember people getting irate about it as if. They took like a formerly all man franchise and replaced it with ladies, and they were just irate well, about it. A woman directed it, Ben, and you have to remember that women are held to the double standard of one, they're not as good as men, and two, if they do something as good or on par with men, it's not good enough. Oh, okay. That could be it. Right. That yeah. might have something to do. So, also, a woman in the movie wore pants. So that is. A what? And the Charlie's Angels never wore pants. Uh uh. Uh uh. That's not a thing. Kind of an issue. It's kind of an issue. Right? Yeah. But otherwise, (laughs) it was okay. It was all right. Yeah, I I don't remember what the controversy was, but I do remember there being a controversy around that movie. Yeah. Uh, Not really sure why. It just didn't. It didn't appeal to me because I've never. I've never been interested in Charlie's Angels. I haven't even seen the 2000s ones, which I hear are good, Mm -hmm. or at least watchable yeah so uh i would i would give it a shot though for sure yeah it's worth a watch it's just a saturday afternoon you know kind of movie i guess uh my wife has also been watching the babysitters club series which she says is is fabulous awesome i have not watched it i'm unfamiliar with the source material so i don't know if i would be an objective viewer of that but the word on the street is the ladies love it Okay, the people people who grew up with Babysitters Club are going to enjoy the Babysitters Club show. I gotcha. Apparently, I, apparently so. I never read a Babysitters Club book, Mm-mm. and it probably was that like, oh, those are for girls when I was a kid, and then you know when I got past that, it's like, well, why would I go back and read a Babysitters yeah. Club book? <laughs> I'm a grown adult man. That's weird. They found a podcast a couple of years ago that's like two dudes. They sound like they're around our age. They're two dudes that like go through and read a different Babysitter's Club book every week and talk about oh, okay. it. And they're always just like, man, Becky's a real bitch in this. <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Sounds like that would be a lot of fun, honestly. That does sound fun, yeah. Um, for our Monday tradition, watching a documentary every Monday, last night was my choice, and I chose Going to Pieces. It's that documentary about the rise and fall of the slasher flick. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have not seen it. Uh, it's... It's not very good, honestly. Like, okay, it's put together really badly. Like, it's just there not are well a done. Number of slasher fic documentaries that are that are good. So, yeah. Wh- um, it it seems like a pretty saturated market to enter into. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. you know, on the bright side, it's like they they interviewed all the coolest people. Like they had. Uh, Miss Voorhees oh, on there. They had Tom Savini. They had John Carpenter. It's like 
just the people Wait, were, that were in it were why you watched it, but it wasn't really put together well. Huh. Well, and were these interviews they had gotten, or was it footage from other stuff? Like, was it the footage from the Crystal Lake memories of Miss Voorhees talking, or did they get new footage? You know, it's been a while since I watched it, so I can't I can't remember with authority, but I oh, think man. it was I think it was new footage because this okay. is filmed. So that's I think at this least out, worth watching. Yeah, I think it came out like two thousand five, yeah. two thousand six. Okay. Which I think would put it before Crystal Lake Memories. I might yeah, be wrong about yeah. that. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't okay. great. Um, but other than that, we've been catching up on our Marvel movie watching. You oh, and I yeah. both are going through the entire yep. MCU been right doing now. It too. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm I think I'm behind you. I think you've taken you the lead are. now. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, because I've I've gotten through Endgame. Oh shit, are you serious? Yeah, I only have one left to go. Holy shit, flooring <laughs> it. Good God, man. I know. <laughs> um, we watched Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Hell yeah. So fun. Still really good, yes, it man. Is. Like, for some it reason, is. in my head, I was like, oh, they just they go to Ego and they hang out there the whole movie. And it's like, not really. Uh, yeah, there's a lot more going on. Yeah. That was really good. We watched Avengers 2. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, again... Really cool. Very long yes. movie. Very, very long. It, yes, it is. Yeah. Kind of has a sad, but some really good stuff. It does stuff have there. a lot of sad, yeah. But I like that they kind of brought that in, you know, where it was just like, yeah, uh, these these heroes and stuff have to deal with consequences to their actions and stuff. Yep. And they got yes. more into that in Civil War, which was way better than I remember, dude. Yes, it is. It's so great. It's basically so an Avengers movie. Like, I know it's Captain yeah. America Civil War, but like... But everybody's in it. Yeah, and like everybody yeah. gets screen time, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like that one a lot. Some great action beats in there. Holy shit. Yeah, it's it's real fun. Uh, the, the fight between Captain America, Iron Man, and Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. where Iron Man is really trying to kill... Winter Soldier. Oh, dude, it's, yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, it's really good. Really, really, really good. So you you managed to blow way past me. Are there any like you know gems that you were like, holy cow, I forgot how good this one is? Uh, I, I mean, last week I'd already gotten through Black Panther, so uh, Ant Man and the Wasp is still as as good as I remembered. Yeah, um, dude, love it. And yeah, Avengers. Watching Infinity War and Endgame back to back is something I hadn't done. Uh, it's really good. It's good. Hell I yeah! Like the the way that comes together. Oh man, and, I can't wait to do uh, the same thing. That'll just be like a Saturday day or Saturday afternoon marathon for us. I bet. Yeah, yeah, it's long. Yeah, it takes a while. Like seven hours. Yeah, I'm excited to rewatch Spider Man Far From Home because I've only seen it once. Dude, so, so really awesome. excited to see it again. Heck yeah. How does uh, Doctor Strange hold up? I'm stoked to watch that one again. Oh, man. It's like they did such a good job, I think, translating such a weird book to the screen that, like, I think most people know that. Well, actually, no, that's weird. Uh, Doctor Strange is is a strange character. But Doctor Strange's origin story is is pretty well known if you're a comic reader. Right. The way they got through that so quickly and still showed like how great he was as a surgeon and what a huge loss this was that he can't use his hands now. Like, yeah. 
they do a really good job and really efficient and then uh yeah like it's just it's it's fun it's funny but it's also like a good a good story of a man over like losing his power and then gaining something more because yeah. of it yeah, yeah man it's a good story and benedict cumberbatch is great oh dude incredible casting really 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 yeah. perfect casting with him mm-hmm. like one thing speaking of origin stories that i had totally forgotten about is how spider-man just kind of shows up like they yep. don't really bore you mm-hmm. with the whole oh we got bitten by a radioactive spider blah blah blah. it's just nope. like everybody the- fucking knows you don't have to do it again yeah. Yeah, the the conversation in the bedroom with the uh, Tony there, he, he he like hints at it, and it's like, yeah, we all know, like everybody in the audience knows. We we've seen it in comics, we've seen it in cartoons, we've seen it in two different uh, mo- uh, movie universes. So yeah. all that Marvel had to do was just like indicate to it, and it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, and we know the entire story for real, man. And meanwhile, like. I'm sure that the next time that we that we see Batman on screen in the DC universe, we're gonna see his mom and her pearls flying all over the concrete when they were killed. <laughs> it's just like, God damn, dude, you don't need to give us the origin again. I think I think uh, with the Robert Pattinson project, from what I've been reading, I hope they they're going a different direction with it. I've got faith. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, me too. Right on, man. Well, dude, I can't wait to watch through the rest of those. Have you caught any other good flicks or anything this week? Um, well, here's what I have been doing, and this was inspired by the MCU chronological rewatch, is I have been chronologically watching the pay-per-views for WWE, WCW, <laughs> ECW, and Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Holy shit. Wait, so... From the 90s. Does the WWE Network even have Smoky Mountain Wrestling on it? Yep. Holy it shit. Yeah, so you can watch uh, you can watch Chris Jericho and Lance Storm wrestling in Jellico, Tennessee. No uh, way! And be like, "Holy shit! I could have gone to this." That's like, crazy. I remember as a kid so many times hearing about Smoky Mountain wrestling events, and we just like, totally yeah, uh, like me and my friends that all liked wrestling were just like, "Yeah, it's just off-brand wrestling." Like we didn't know. Because we were stupid. Because we just thought wrestling began and ended with Hulk Hogan. Um, but, yeah, there's, like, matches with Cactus Jack and uh, Ter- uh, Terry Funk. Oh, my God. Came in at one- yeah. And then also you get to see how, like, how, like, things progress. Because you'll see Cactus Jack in, like, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, ECW, and WCW. Like Whoa. that was kind of how it worked back then. Cause there were different territories and, uh, WWF was the first to kind of try to take all that territory and yeah. say like, I have an exclusive contract with you. You can't wrestle with other organizations. Uh, so it's, it's been fun. It's been interesting. I don't want to bore, uh, our, uh, fans who don't care about wrestling with too much talk about it, but it's been really cool to watch. <laughs> we're going to see fucking reviews on Apple Podcast tomorrow. Too much razzling talk. <laughs> you know what? We've never gotten that. Never before. gotten that actually. Yeah. So yeah, I actually, I, I, a couple of people have commented on it, but not in reviews. <laughs> <laughs> more wrestle talk. Maybe that's going to be the review. Is like more. Wrestling, they was more talking about wrestling. wrestling and they stopped. Oh, oh, definitely. We have had people say we should do a wrestling podcast. So. It's true. 
uh, we don't have the time, but that would be fun. But that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in a, a different universe, that's mm-hmm. what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. We're doing dead and wrestling. Yeah, that you know, if, if when we were trying to come up with our concept, the WWE streaming had existed, that might have been that the might way have we had gone. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely but true. But that just, just wasn't an option a few years ago. You would have to <laughs> buy all these things, pay-per-views, and fi- or find them somewhere streaming. Yeah, crazy. Dude, that's awesome. So, like, I'm sure that that's been a lot of fun going through there, and like you said, seeing the progression and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And seeing how, like, violent wrestling was in the early 90s outside of the wwf oh yeah it was brutal the wild west man yeah i uh, I saw the the pay-per-view the other day where uh vader uh powerbombed cactus jack onto exposed cement floor Ooh, (laughs) and i i read about that in his book and like um he you know vader didn't want to do it he was really worried about injuring him and stuff Aww. and he convinced him to do it and he like he knew going in there's no way to take this bump no like you're just you're getting thrown onto a concrete floor <laughs> by vader so <laughs> by vader yeah by a 430 pound man Jesus. who is gigantic <laughs> yeah uh and so he he got, had a concussion like terrible concussion from it but he he knew that was going to happen. He was just so invested in wrestling. It's it's crazy to watch Mick Foley and his career develop because he 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 really only cared about entertaining people. That's totally, it. it's crazy to watch yeah. him having not died by now. Yes, and to, like see him like you see him in interviews and stuff, and he's like he's still uh, very lucid. I mean that. I don't know how long that'll last. A lot of concussions eventually will wear you down. It'll but catch he up still to you. seems very intelligent and stuff. He's a, a. I'm glad Mick Foley exists as a human for yeah, sure. Yeah, same dude. You mm-hmm. and me both, dude. Yeah, you had a little power outage situation and kind of skidded into oh, the old shit. streaming chat on fumes the other day, didn't you? Dude, man. Ah, dude. I had a couple of things. I like the. Uh, the day that we recorded our uh, midsummer episode, uh, two hours after that, our internet went out here. And when our internet goes out here, that means we don't have cell service either. Because we have no cell service here. The only way we are able to use our phones is with Wi-Fi. So as soon so, as the, the internet goes out, you're basically a colonial settler. Yep. That's it. Wow. <laughs> yep, we ch- started churning butter. I uh, I I yoked the oxen and had already <laughs> slopped the hogs by the time it came on around six in the morning, and I was able to post the Six Sense episode. <laughs> then, yeah, a couple days later, power went out for several hours, and just sitting here in the dark like an asshole, <laughs> like <laughs> a jerk. <laughs> it's the worst and yeah it was coming like coming up right to the wire of the streaming chat and i had it. emily was going to work uh she had to get ready for work in the dark that was fun anyway she was going to work and i was like when you get to work just post something on the group uh, and tell them like hey the power's out so they'll know what's going on and uh then like just 10 minutes later the power came on 
So it's I made miracle. my wife look like a fool. Oh no! Look at you. Grounds for divorce. <laughs> yep, it's beginning. She's got the papers right now. It says reason made me look a fool. <laughs> what did y'all watch? Oh shit! What did we watch, Ben? I don't it know. It was. It wasn't good. <laughs> it was a bad. That's unusual. Oh, entity is what I don't it was know that. called. What is entity? Well, it had some. It had some people who uh, the main uh, the psychic lady was in an episode of Doctor Who, so I recognized her. But and it also it came up on list of uh, a list of best free horror movies on YouTube. Mm. So I was thinking like, you know, maybe this will be good. I would say it's like sci-fi level production. Ooh, very nice. But, Sounds expensive. Right, but it was also like serious. So like it's it's like when you see that clash of of cheesy production value and people trying to be serious, it's impossible to take it serious. <laughs> it's not doable. Yeah, so the it wasn't great. Oh, and man. And it was slow. It was very slow burn. Very 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 slow. But I mean, maybe it'd be one that I would like more if uh, it wasn't watched in the context of the Friday night. Let's get drunk and watch shitty movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right then. You, you catch anything else good? Uh, no, not really. I've uh, I've just been trying to get some shit done and keeping wrestling on in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, so, man. I like it. I saw a ton of great matches, but I don't want to talk too much about it. <laughs> well, that's because we got a lot to talk about today because the subject yeah. of our episode is none other than Jimmy James Cameron's Terminator. Terminator. Uh-huh. And Steve, I think to kick this off here, I'm going to I'm going to whistle the theme song for us here. God, I, there's something going on with my whistle, Steve. Oh, no. Is it? Oh, that sounds. Oh, yeah, I can hear it. That's a dry whistle you got there. Is that the problem? It's too dry? Yep. It's too dry. It's too dry. You know what you got to do with that. What do I do? You got to wet it. I got to wet, wet my whistle? whistle? What am I going to do you that with? Wet. Maybe a beer. A cold beer or a warm a beer? A cold beer cold. No, cold beer cold. Cold beer. <laughs> cold you want beer your cold warm? beer to be cold. No, cold beer cold. <laughs> Well, good thing we got ourselves a couple of buddy beers here. These are ones that were sent to us that sat down at the old uh, guitar vault in Morristown, Tennessee for many moons because I've not been yeah. teaching in person for a very long time. So I yeah, really we'll do hope these are still good. Yeah, we'll have to consider that because these are IPAs. Uh, IPAs are, ten you're supposed to drink them, you know. Freshy fresh. Uh, pretty fresh. Uh, so the, the, the flavor may be muted a bit. Right. Yeah, but I'm I'm interested in this. Ben, I got a letter here from a feller named Chris. <gasps> sent us these beers and also sent us a uh these great koozies that say corporate beer is for butt chugging. <laughs> which is Put it where it belongs. Right in your Put it tuchus. where it belongs. <laughs> so yeah. I'm excited for this. This is uh this is a ghost town brewing slash original pattern brewing splatter pattern ipa so this splatter is a, a, splattern 
Splatter Splattern. This is a collab <laughs> between Original Pattern and Ghost Town. All right. Do you say Planet Collab? Is this a Mormon beer? Yeah. It's a collab. Yeah, it's a Mormon beer. Planet Collab. <laughs> <laughs> there is Mormon beer. Boys open here. Are they really? I've, I've never had any because I think it has to be like below 4% or something. They can have that? Utah's got that crazy law. I thought that Mormons couldn't have beer at all. Mm-mm. Mormons can't. But people in Utah aren't all Mormon, so oh. people make beers in Utah, and they'll give them Mormon names, yeah, stuff like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Whenever I was out there a couple of years ago filming a guitar lesson thing, every everywhere I went, beers were like four and under. It was like everything was so yeah. light, you could not yeah. get a buzz going, man. Yeah, if you're a ridiculous. seasoned drinker like us, <laughs> I think you have to order uh, food with every like uh, liquor drink. Dumb. So. That makes no sense. Yeah, anyway. This is fragrant. Yeah, it is. It smells like something. Smells real hoppy. It's hoppy as hell, yeah. Let's find let's just let's just get get a little around this thing. Let's see here. It's a seven point four ABV. I really hope it ain't spalt. I hope it's not spalt on us, but it's got um Motier and Mosaic hops. What's that do to you? Okay, so I can taste the mosaic, like fruit, fruit punchy. Hop oh man, stuff. that is good. <laughs> but it's also chocolatey. It has it's like a like, little dark chocolate bitterness to mm-hmm. it, doesn't it? Yeah. Interesting. Man. I wonder if it's supposed to. Like that's the thing is like I wonder if those flavors are supposed to be there. Either way, what bliss! Cause yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, I'll tell you this, uh, uh, people at Ghost Town and Original Pattern, you can age that Splatter Pattern IPA, and it still tastes good. <laughs> Yeah, um, it tastes I like I'm getting what I would say is kind of like chocolate covered cherry, but like dark chocolate. Mm, yeah, yeah. And there's definitely not the like citrusy. a cordial cherry, not like that, like super sweetness. But like it, like if you j- just like had a, a cherry, a nice like dark cherry and dipped it in chocolate. I can totally see got that. that going on. Man, that's good. I really yeah. like that, man. Yeah, because yeah. especially like. I don't know. I wasn't in the mood today for like a sweetie IPA, like something really heavy and fruity and sugary, you know? Yeah. I like that this has a backbone of bitterness to it. Mm -hmm. Just like me. (laughs) Backbone of bitterness. (laughs) The B.O.B. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Steve, considering that the subject of today's episode is The Terminator, which is a film Mm -hmm. that deals in matters regarding time travel... Time travel. That's a that's the time travel song, right? Yeah, it's a time travel song, I guess. <laughs> Let me just put this out there to you. What what do you say if before we start reviewing the movie and breaking it down, what if we give these busters just a, a brief little detour into the preview palace? Oh my gosh, guys, quick, get into the time machine. We have to go back in time to the preview palace. <laughs> this is our idea of what time travel probably sounds like. So, welcome to the preview palette. <laughs> I say we give these fools a breakdown of not just our top five. We couldn't possibly sum it up in a top no. five. What about no, a top six time top travel six. movies? What do you think about that? Yeah, let's do it, man. I think, I think that's it's a, a good great idea. idea. 
for starters, let's go ahead and say that this list does not include Terminator 1, nor does it include Man Out of Time movies. Yeah, yeah, we're not yeah, we're not talking about uh, any movies in which someone is say uh displaced in time like in Sino Man. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh and also, we're not we're not really going to get into time loop movies like Groundhog Day, which some have argued is its own genre. The mm. Groundhog Day uh, fits within perhaps sci-fi, perhaps fantasy. Like, we don't know what's causing the Groundhog Day to happen. Right. Uh, but we're really sticking with time travel movies, and we're not ranking them based on how... Uh, accurate the time travel is it's just on how much we like the movie (laughs) we are seasoned time travelers anybody that listens to the earliest episodes of the show knows we We were time time travelers for a little while it's true for just a little bit we would travel the times but then we got back with the times yeah exactly more stay in the times with more stay yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh we oh we oh (laughs) (laughs) all right and for number six here, I know Ben hasn't seen this, and that's why it's number six. Because if this were my own list, I think it'd be a bit higher. Wow. About Time. I don't know this movie. What is an About okay. Time? About Time has uh, it has that 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 Gleason boy, that Donald Gleason, you know, okay. the, the cute one they got uh-huh. there. Mm-hmm. He's a hunk. Uh, and it's uh it's also got oh my gosh what's her name she's from uh fucking mean girls and also uh uh dr strange that uh, girl yes god damn it rachel mcadams rachel, rachel McAdams. mcadams is her name yes uh rachel mcadams is in it uh, i like this Margaret already Robbie, bill nye what it's yeah it's great it's um basically the reason i love it so much is uh i think a lot of us have a fantasy of time travel like we just sometimes will drift off into what if i could go back in time and you know change you know most of the time it's stuff in our own life i don't think most people fantasize about going back and killing hitler it's really it's really your own life you want to change or your own life you'd like to experience again uh and about time uh basically bill nye tells Donald Gleason that his family has this power to go into a closet and to just go back in time and basically live things over or change hmm. things or whatever. Uh, and I think the essential moral it's it's a it's a rom com, uh, but I think the essential moral of it is that you know you you can't you can't make chance encounter happen. And a lot of the best things in life are chance. Hmm, okay. So time travel in that sense is just not worth it. That sounds pretty cool. I mean, that's a hell of a yeah. cast, too. I don't know how I've never even it's, heard of this movie. And it's also funny. You you got to check it out. Yeah, Emily and I went and saw it in the theaters um, back in the day, and it, I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. I, I, I like uh, a good number of rom-coms. I have said in the past I don't like rom-coms, but that's a lie. I'm, I'm a big <laughs> fan of of rom-coms with twists like that like yeah, yeah. i like a zom-com like uh warm bodies mm-hmm. i like uh you know stuff like that like life after beth i'm into those i, I don't know just i guess the <laughs> what's that sandra bullock and keanu reeves one where cabin cabin 
Oh, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a time travel movie, isn't it? That's a time travel movie, but I'm not interested in that. So I don't know. (laughs) There's certain elements about rom-coms that really turn me off. I only want to see them two if they's on a bus that's speeding down a highway. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you you really should check that out. That's a really good one. Awesome, man. What do we got skidding in at number five? All right, this one this one was a tough one and basically just comes down to their only relation is they both have bruce willis so it's a choice between looper or 12 monkeys and if i i were to choose i pick 12 monkeys because i like the movie more yeah but i think they're both about equal in terms of quality yeah yeah and in terms of b-dubness a lot of b-dub up in that flick a lot of b-dub in there I think 12 Monkeys has the advantage of having Brad Pitt um, acting insane, which is great. Mm-hmm, dude. It's been th- so long since I watched 12 Monkeys. I remember watching it being like, this is sick as fuck. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. That's uh, that's when I saw in the theaters, too, back in the day. Nice. Uh, and it was, I think, the first time maybe we had seen Brad Pitt acting like that. Not being pretty, I guess. Yeah, not just being a hunk. Yeah, and it, it was it was really it's really good. I I enjoy that, but I mean Looper also. I mean uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is great in it. It's yeah. Ryan Johnson. So if, I think Ryan Johnson's a a kind of divisive guy. He's kind of love it or leave it for some sure. people. If you don't like him, you just like none none of his movies are gonna hit with you. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely on like both sides of the fence there because I really yeah. enjoyed Looper and I really hated the Star Wars flick that he did. That's yeah. I like. I really. I man. The more I watch Last Jedi, the more I like it. Man, you're crazy. I'm a weirdo. You're crazy. I guess guess the thing that I like so much about Looper is all the cool things they brought into there. Where it's like, in the future, you can. uh, I'm trying to remember how they did that. But there's a part where like a guy carves a message into his own arm and it appears on himself in the past and shit. Yeah. So cool, man. It's just a really cool premise. I remember like. It is cool. Towards the end of the movie. It gets kind of like Dragon Ball-ish, where it's like, this kid has powers, and that probably didn't need to be there. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, still. Still liked uh, it. I think, yeah, I think when you deal with time travel, it's always going to get messy. Like, that, that's obvious like the second you introduce time travel the question is well why would any of this be happening why wouldn't they change all of this oh yeah like, yeah so you yeah so you know if a time travel movie doesn't exactly work in some full logic like say for instance i, I love hot tub time machine i would have put it on this list perhaps <laughs> but uh you know definitely uh its logic isn't fully realized and doesn't make a lot of sense especially with the sequel uh but i still enjoy it uh back to the future 2 back to the future 3 those are like so convoluted but it's still like i like the movies though yeah totally yeah you're right it's like there's always going to be conflicts and paradoxes and stuff with with time travel movies uh i don't think there's any like really any of them that have been done that are completely watertight plus the fact is you know we don't really know how it would actually work so we're kind of shooting in the dark here, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Other than us, because we've done it. All right, Ben, the coveted <laughs> number four spot. The one everybody on. wants, the one just out of bronze medal range. Yeah. Right, the one everybody wants, because then you don't you don't get the email from Dead and Lovely asking for your address so we can send you 
the metal. Because yeah. we make medals for all of these all the lists. top lists. Yeah, of course. Every single one of them. Wait, do, do people do lists and not make the medals? Mm, that's why your podcast isn't getting listeners. Oh, my gosh. God, man. Amateur hour. I thought that was one of those things you didn't uh, even have to like explain to people. I can't purchase precious medals to send to random people who have no idea why they're getting them. Oh, that's I don't you. have I don't have a forge in my house, and I'm unskilled in metallurgy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's COVID. Get a hobby. For real. Anyway, so... <laughs> There are several comic book movies that have dealt with uh, dealt with time travel. Totally. So we had we had to pick one, and I think Days of Future Past. I think that's the one. Yeah, does a great job with it. It's because like that storyline was one I'd always wanted to see put to film, uh, but also I think they did a good job with it. I think they. I think so too. Yeah, I think they made that movie the best way they could, and showing the two separate timelines uh, happening simultaneously is very is, cool. I like the way they did that. That was yeah. Cool. And I know a lot of people out there are probably like mad that we didn't choose Endgame, considering Endgame has time travel. Yeah, and Endgame's a great choice. Oh yeah, it but is. It's, it's not really about the time travel. Exactly, and to me too. Yeah. Like with Endgame, the thing about it is, is like you have to watch 80 other movies for that to make sense. Yep. Whereas yep. Days of Future Past is just kind of a standalone movie that yeah. works on its own. Yeah, even if you hadn't seen uh, uh, Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine up to that point, like you you get enough of his background and story. for You could just drop, drop into Days of Future Past and watch that as a movie. Totally. And not be invested in all the characters. Mm-hmm. Because there are tons of characters introduced in that that we n- nobody had been introduced to up to that movie, except yeah. in the comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. great casting and stuff in there, too, man. I love yeah. old, uh, what's her name from Gino? is like Kitty Pride, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. man. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ellen Page. Yeah, Ellen she Page, plays there a, you go. Yeah, she plays Kitty Pride in, uh, in the x3 as well which is not good woof dude that movie <laughs> yeah. i still haven't watched that dark phoenix yet i think it's free on hulu and it's kind of been calling my name where it's just like just go ahead and watch this shit i've heard that it is a festering pile of garbage though i have too i'm not that interested i think it's a shame because sophie turner i think uh is great good casting is gene gray yeah. oh my god young gene gray yeah. she's perfect yeah i i just you know they're just not giving them anything to work with with those stories but you know it's not not a big deal anymore because now marvel owns x-men and we'll see what they do with it and alien (laughs) and predator right yes so ben i hope this happens now that they bought alien and predator i want alien versus predator on venom's home planet oh and i want an alien and a predator to get the symbiote fighting each other. I God am so rigid right now. I have basically become a tripod. <laughs> that would be so awesome. My I would God. love that. If that if like uh we you know, they're they're they might keep with what Sony did with Venom for the MCU. They've talked about it. If they were to do Venom 2 in the MCU and then announce Venom versus Alien versus Predator, holy that would fuck. be that would blow my mind. Could you imagine <laughs> so the, the Venom symbiote on a Predator? 
Yes, it Holy would be awesome. Fuck, man. Oh my god, because all their minds think about is the hunt. And yeah. the symbiote would just corrupt that. It would be so awesome. Oh my god, man. Yeah, that would be fucking amazing. I would be very, yeah. very on board. Or even just like a Guardians of the Galaxy versus Alien. Like, how yes. fun would that be? Oh my god, dude. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, they'd be making jokes and then also acid to faces and stuff. Yeah. I think you could get like a chest burster coming out of Groot and only then (laughs) maybe if you're going with like Alien 3 rules where it uh, impersonates what it impregnates you'd get like a little wood alien or a little raccoon alien. Oh, that would be adorable. It would be (laughs) adorable. Oh my God, man. Or like a adorable wood alien. What if Batista got it and it came out and it's like uh, it's Drax but it's like all completely logical and stoic? Oh, no. That'd be awesome. Oh, no. That's kind of <laughs> what he is. So, yeah. Oh, P.S. I meant to mention this, too, when I was talking about Guardians earlier. <laughs> Guardians 2, dude, Batista is so fucking good in it. He is so yeah. good. Yes, he is. All the stuff with him and Mantis. Job. He's a great actor. Yeah. I think he's fucking perfect yeah. for that. Yeah, he does a he does a really great job. Because they had already resolved his like emotional arc in the first one uh, to... Yeah, to be able to still shine in the second one is he. It's definitely Batista bringing life to the character because, like, you know, he's he's in there, he's joking around with Mantis, but he he's the one who makes that work and makes yeah. it like ah, oh, he's so good. Yeah, he's great, man. Yeah, Days of Future Past. I want to watch it again because I remember that's one of those ones that when I saw it in the theater, I was like, they actually kind of got this right, and yeah. it had a great look about it, and the time travel stuff was fun. So I think it's definitely earned a spot on this list. Hell yeah. Then number three. Now we're getting, metal. Ob- we're getting into obvious territory here. Yeah, there's got to be some gimmies here. Of course. Of yeah. course it's Back to the Future. And a lot of people are yeah. mad that's not number one, I know. Well, yeah, and you could definitely argue it should be number one, maybe. Uh, but uh, I, I would say number three. I think I think it works uh, really well. It's really good. I've uh, rewatched it recently and still enjoy it. Um, still so fun, man. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. I mean, I think a lot of maybe the enjoyment may be nostalgia, but I think it's also one of those 80s movies that was made with the perfect combination of uh, music and action and stuff that it probably still works with kids today. I think so. And if anybody's going to get really mad about it that it's only in at number three, I'll fall on that grenade because I am a late in life Back to the Future fan. I never saw this movie until I think I was probably in my 30s. Like, okay. I really had never fucking seen this movie before. Until oh, it then. was an absolute obsession for me as a kid. Uh, wow, yeah. I, I remember watching the movies just so much. But I also recognize that uh, the two above it, I enjoy more. And yeah. yeah. Uh, they don't bring they don't bring me back to when I was a kid necessarily. Well, actually, number one does. <laughs> they don't, it's not necessarily about bringing me back to when I was a kid, but uh, the number uh, the Back to the Future the way I guess the way that now as an adult looking at two and three and being like, uh, these aren't great. They don't they don't work the way the first one does and the the first one still has you know it has some issues it's still funny uh a lot of corny jokes in there but still funny 
but it, it's it's not as good as our numero dos spin. I don't think so, because what's sliding in at number two, getting that silver medal spot? Army of Darkness. Army of fucking darkness. Holy yeah. shit, man. Which, you know, if you've listened to the podcast, you've, you've heard our episode that we did, I think it was last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Maybe earlier it, this it year. It was earlier this year, I think. Yeah. yeah. On Army of Darkness, which that was the first time that I had watched that. I mean, I was talking about being yeah. a late bloomer to... Back to the Future, but I'm a super late bloomer to Army of Darkness because I saw that for the first time when I was 35 and had already right. watched the first two a million <laughs> times. Army of Darkness is such a fucking delight. Like, yes, it is. Whenever I so watched fun. that for the first time earlier this year, I was like, I know that this is one of those ones that has a cult following and it's one that a lot of us saw when we were kids or teenagers and so we've grown up with it. So you get the nostalgia thing. So. Maybe this is going to be kind of lost on me, and I'm going to be the Debbie Downer at the end of the episode. That's like it's like a four, but <laughs> I fucking loved it. It's enjoyable every second of the entire movie. There is no part in there where you're not having fun. Yeah, it's great. I absolutely love it. Uh, Bruce Campbell's amazing. He plays a million different roles in it. He's so awesome, and uh, it's funny and silly and ridiculous, and also just one of those movies that uh is fun the whole time totally dude and yeah. the special effects in it are so well done and in the yeah. name of maximum silliness for the majority of the time yep mm-hmm. <laughs> and bruce campbell in that basically just is a cartoon character like yep. it is bruce at his maximum bruciest yeah it's it's such a fun time and uh such a great addition to the the lore about ash yeah totally to see him uh just you know he's he's gone full crazy from dealing with demons two nights in a row and then uh also has chopped off his arm and replaced it with a chainsaw and is now amongst savages with a a gun uh (laughs) it's great i mean it's it's just fun to see uh, Bruce Campbell hamming it up in uh, a movie that's just really well constructed. Yeah, totally, totally agree, man. Never a dull moment. I'll rewatch that one a million more times. So I think it definitely deserves that that number two spot on our list. Well, I mean, Ben, number one is, I mean, people probably already figured it out, right? Surely, surely you've got to know that. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban was going to come in at number one. Duh. Take that. It's Hot Tub <laughs> Time Machine. I was lying earlier when I said it wasn't on the list. Oh! Boom. Uh, Terminator 2. It, does it get any better than no. Terminator 2? You've got Jimmy James Cameron in his prime. You've got Budnick. You've got Guns oh, and man. Roses. You do, you do. You got all that stuff. You got uh, Linda Hamilton in just like don't give a fuck, Dude. badass, stripped down to the bone. Uh, she looks like she could just beat an ass. Like yep. anywhere she's going, if there's an ass in front of her, she is just yep. beating, <laughs> beating the hell out of that ass, thing. beating the yeah. tar out of that ass. Yeah, Robert Patrick as the T1000, menacing, uh, pure yeah, menacing, dude. I'm telling you, I rewatched it last night. I watched T2 again last yeah, night, me too. and I was like, <laughs> maybe this isn't as good as I remember. No, no, it's it's every Still bit as good as, good as yep. you remember. And dude, I'll tell you this too, man. I know that whenever we talk about T two, everybody talks about Bud Nick and L- Linda Hamilton and stuff. But man, 
uh, Robert Patrick, that's his name, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he is extremely underrated mm-hmm. in the movie because yep. his character of T-1000 is so menacing and cold, and he just yep. looks like any other normal police officer that you might meet. Like, that's the thing. Like, Arnie, and we'll talk about him as we get into the, the movie review, you look at that guy and you're like, he's a fucking killing machine, you know? He, he doesn't yes. even look human. He he's is gigantic. ginormous. He looks like a yeah. fucking action figure. He's much Robert smaller, actually. Yeah, Robert Patrick looks like uh, just a regular dude. And that that actually was uh, the original idea for the Terminator, for him to just look like a regular dude. Uh, and they ended up going with Schwarzenegger. Oh. And because of that, though, like whenever I see the the robot without the flesh on it, I'm like, how would that have been a normal-sized dude? Hmm. If you were to put flesh over that, it's a bodybuilder. It's a gigantic man. It is yeah. not a normal sized dude. No, no. Now that you mention it, no. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, but yeah, uh, yeah. Arnold, uh, Arnold is great in T two. He, Shines. I mean, he's, he's awesome. He's great in Terminator and great in Terminator two, and he's playing two different roles. He's playing Very different, the yeah. the stalker slasher type villain in the first and then the uh my buddy robot hero in the second yeah dude yeah he he does a great job though i i i really uh i'm glad they went with arnold schwarzenegger but uh, t2 i think is i mean it, it's not obvious people would definitely be debating this uh you know some people would say why wouldn't you say source code why wouldn't you say uh, any number of uh, other great time travel movies Sliding doors. Sliding doors. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> kind of an alternate, alternate reality. Realities, yeah. <laughs> That's also always, like when you talk about time travel movies, it's like you got to parse exactly what you mean because there's yeah. so many versions of what could be considered time travel. Yeah. Anyway, T2. Awesome. Fucking great, man. And, and dude, the special effects and everything in there oh are, are just man. unbelievable unbelievable yeah, they, and still hold up i mean some of the some of the cgi metal guy is yeah it looks like it was cgi in the 90s but it still looks better than a lot of the cgi i've seen in the 2000s yes yeah it does that's yeah that's i didn't have any problem with it rewatching it i was like nah. like some of the scenes it's like yeah that looks kind of playstation 2 yeah but He's also a metal alloy in those moments, and it's like, what would that look like in reality? Right, uh, yeah, considering something that you've never seen, it's kind of like, well, maybe it would look like that. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have any problem. I mean, because, like, you know, we talked, uh, we'll talk about it in a second, about the special effects in this one, but uh, the special effects in, in T2, yeah, looking back on them, it's like, holy crap, I can't Some believe the they did ever. this in 91 dude it's it's absolutely wild like all of the action beats in that the pacing of that movie the comedic elements the mm-hmm. oh my god the character development everything it is yeah, a nearly perfect movie in my mm-hmm. opinion so i think it rightfully sits on the throne at the numero uno yep i agree but i'm sure that other people out there disagree with this so you guys they be sure do. to join up on the facebook group that we've got going on over there. Just go to Facebook, Facebook. look up Dead and, Lovely. Slash Dead and Lovely. You gotta find us. Join up in that group. Get to talking at us about your favorite time travel movies. 
And uh, just hang out there and enjoy the good hangs. There's all kinds of cool folks. All the coolest kids are doing it. You want to be cool, don't you? Be somebody, baby. Be somebody. Join the Facebook group. That's right. And also, too, if you want to be somebody that's extremely fucking cool, you can consider supporting our show on Patreon. And after you consider it, you should go over and do it. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. I assume... The week that this comes out, uh, you there will be a uh, a Patreon episode. Yeah, so exclusive, just for the cool exclusive. kids. We'll have to uh, figure out when to record that. Um, that. We will. Now that you mention it, yes, we will. But it it will be <laughs> it done. Will happen. Sure. Uh, so yeah, join at least at the the one dollar level, and you get that. Um, join at the five dollar level, and you get to submit a movie. And we do a random drawing every month. Uh, just recently, we did uh, that movie, Midsummer. Mm-hmm, that's so, right. That's right. Yeah. So, so uh, join yeah, up head today. on over to there and money us, please. <laughs> money us, please. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm totally stealing that. That's good. All right, Steve. The subject of our show today is Terminator from that's 1984, it. the year where incredible legendary movies were released for an entire year it's ridiculous if you look at the movies that came out in 84 Mm -hmm. it's like every month there was some kind of legendary flick coming out whether that's beverly hills cop or nightmare on elm street or gremlins karate Beverly Hills cop still good i watched it not long ago uh uh, nightmare on elm street still good hell yeah Uh, karate kid you know, the major starring element of Karate Kid is uh, just how good, um, what was, uh, what Pat, was Morita. Miyagi? Pat Morita, just how good Pat Morita is, and that y- you don't remember this from childhood, but uh, Pat Mar- the story of Karate Kid is about Pat Morita getting over the death of his wife in Jesus. a Japanese internment camp. Are you sure? I thought it was about a. I thought it was about a crane kick and sweeping the leg, Johnny, and stuff like that. Are you sure about that? I'm sure about that. Go watch the community episode of season six with Jason Manzukas, where uh, he is an acting, or he is directing a play adaptation of Karate Kid. What? Yeah, you got to see it. It's hilarious. And, oh my god! Uh, it's a good argument. If you rewatch Karate Kid, it's like holy shit, this is way more emotional and adult than I remember. Holy moly, dude, that's crazy! I got to rewatch it with that in mind, then, huh? Yeah, but yeah, '84, crazy year. But big the thing year. is, none of those movies were like big movies. These were all like, oh, what? That made tons of money. Nightmare on Elm Street, like we've talked about it, that made New Line Cinema. It was yeah, like totally. a, it was like a, a half court shot by New Line Cinema that went in. Like Terminator, this is made by uh, nobody. Like he he sold the the script to Gail Ann Hurd for a dollar. Jesus, he a was dollar? living on cou- He was living on couches. He had fired his agent. He was living on couches. Like this is not James Cameron. This is just James Cameron. This is some dude. Yeah, lowercase James Cameron. Now yeah. he's he's definitely all caps James Cameron. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. But I mean, yeah, I mean, we look at the budget of the Terminator, six point four million dollars. That's not a big budget. Like hmm. I looked at the budgets of of uh, other big, um, movies around this time that used a lot of special effects. Uh, Blade Runner, 
few years before. Uh, thirty million dollar budget. Whoa! Return, yeah, Return of the Jedi, thirty thirty-two point five million. Oh, these are like serious the- sci-fi flicks that need a lot of special effects stuff. Yeah, yeah. Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom, twenty-eight million. Ghostbusters, around thirty million. Whoa. So these are the these are the movies with the huge special effects that this is competing with, and they did it on a six million dollar budget. Yeah, they did it for like a fifth of the budget and made yeah. a legendary sci-fi flick that has incredible special effects and stuff in it. Yep. So wow. this this is a movie among those others that you just named from 1984 that wasn't uh, wasn't expected to be what it was, and then it just really hit. I mean, uh, this this made James Cameron's career. It basically cemented uh arnold schwarzenegger's career because he'd already done conan uh the conan the barbarian and conan the destroyer so uh he he was a little famous among the nerds that loved those movies which is (laughs) most of us that grew up around that time totally Um, yeah yeah uh but this movie was what like vaulted him into the public spotlight uh so this movie, we look back and see it as legendary. When it was coming out, it was like, I hope this makes its money back. Wow, man. That's yeah. crazy. It's like they totally had no idea that they were making what would become a multi-billion dollar franchise yeah. that would spawn Absolutely. video games, action no figures. Idea. Yeah. Wow, man. It's crazy. Man, that's crazy. And it was based on a dream that James Cameron had while yes. he was suffering from food poisoning and a brain-boiling fever. Yeah. Yeah, while he was uh, shooting Piranha 2, the spawning, his first directorial (laughs) um, Which he's kind of like written off, right? Yeah, he he replaced the original director on that, and the reason the original director was replaced was because the producer was micromanaging everything. So James Cameron kind of says, yeah, my name's on it, but it was that producer who was making all the decisions. So Wow. He he doesn't consider it his directorial debut. <laughs> and he had a dream where there was a metal skeleton with like knives in its hand that was <laughs> yes. crawling through fire and explosions coming after him. He woke yes. up from that dream and apparently was just like, well, I guess that's my movie. But the uh, thing about it is, is that it's kind of been debated if he lifted some of these ideas from some episodes of The Outer Limits. Yeah, uh, Harlan Ellison episodes specifically, but one in particular, Soldier, is uh, it's about these two soldiers in the future who are yeah. fighting each other on a battlefield and then through some random time vortex thing get sent back to 1964, which is when the episode came out and uh are essentially um they're they have been trained to hate each other and kill each other and uh this one of them gets basically uh imprisoned or uh, maybe saved by this philologist guy who basically teaches him that he doesn't have to kill and he doesn't have to hate but then the end of the episode is the other guy comes in uh, and the guy who has learned that he doesn't have to kill that guy and doesn't have to hate that guy now has to make the choice of whether or not to kill him. 
and then he does kill him and then the question i guess at the end is did he kill him because he was trained to kill him or did he kill him because he was trying to protect the people who had trained him not to kill him that doesn't sound very similar to the terminator steve yeah it's not that similar uh but the setup is somewhat similar two people on opposite sides of war sent back in time (laughs) that's 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 not not too similar yeah uh, james james they they settled orion settled uh and basically james cameron has said that his um his uh manager and accountant said you don't have the money to fight this because this was not long after terminator Again, as I said, he was sleeping on couches before this. And of course, as I said, the budget was 6.2 million. He didn't get paid millions of dollars to direct it. So yeah, yeah. they basically told him, you don't have the money to fight this. So Orion settled. Uh, but he has since said that it's bullshit and they shouldn't have settled and that he didn't lift it from those things. So whether or not he, he did or didn't, he's, he's very adamant. He didn't, uh, I, I don't think harlan ellison would have sought out a lawsuit but we know how people's lawyers can be for sure like Mm, let's kill uh, all the lawyers kill them tonight steve the (laughs) eagles you know what i'm talking about get over it they're definitely gonna get paid if they're going to court so they're looking for things to take people to court about um that's true i don't don't know if we can blame harlan ellison or, or anything but uh definitely james cameron says that he didn't lift it and yeah, I think you're right. Like, that's just so vaguely, barely similar as just a premise, not even the plot. Like, yeah, it would be like saying anytime two people wish they had the other person's life that you were somehow stealing from a movie. It's like, yeah, a million movies <laughs> do that. That's yeah. the thing. It's like, what? I, I don't know. Intellectual property is, is always going to be a touchy subject because when you do actually come up with a an original premise, it sucks to see other people get more success off of that premise. But it's also like you don't own the premise just because you were the one who put words to it. Hey, I'll tell you what, though. I watched that there Jiro Dreams of Sushi, that documentary about that sushi chef in Japan. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? I heard about, about him. Mm-hmm. I seen that, and the whole time, all I was thinking is this fella just got that idea from watching Smeagol eat them raw fish in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, so we can completely forget about any sushi he makes because he stole it from Smeagol. It's just a ripoff. Smeagol had the original <laughs> recipe. Come on, get with it. He had them original herbs and spices you put on a sushi. Uh-huh. Raw and squiggling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so when was the first time that you watched this movie? Considering it came out in 84. I imagine, yeah, you saw it early, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, 84 probably, whenever it came out on on VHS, because my my uncle worked at Radio Shack and would get, like, super cheap deals for my dad. (laughs) So we had a VCR whenever I was young, and my dad, there was a, a place where he would go get videos. I don't remember... I, I don't remember if he bought them or, or what. I guess he did because we watched those movies over and over. Um, but yeah, like I remember watching Terminator at home and it's it's one of those movies because like I was obsessed with Arnold as a kid. Predator, uh, Running Man, Commando, uh, Terminator, Commando, all those movies were in heavy rotation for me. So <laughs> I've seen this movie a million times. 
Yeah. Did you, so yeah. you did like it as a kid though? Yes, I loved it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dude, like the thing with me is I'm trying to clearly remember if I saw this movie before or after T2. There's a couple of movies like from our childhoods that we all watched in the wrong order. Like I think that we all watched like Thunderdome and like Road Warrior yeah. before we oh, yeah. watched the original Mad Max for whatever fucking reason. Uh, Probably just one I, got syndicated first, I guess. I think, it, I, well, I, yeah, I think it was uh, available on VHS before the original um, because like companies weren't pushing out their back catalogs. Ah, that first. makes sense. So totally they were only pushing sense. out the movies that had just come out. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So I think well, maybe, yeah, we had seen some of those. Uh, more often than others because they were more readily available. Well, either way, I remember when I was a kid and in 19... See, when did T2 come out? Was that 91 or 92? 91. 91. So that came out, I was six or seven years old. Mm -hmm. And... I actually had some Terminator toys. I remember watching like the advertisements for the movie and the video game and stuff, and I got some of the action figures, um, which were, of course, fucking badass. They looked so cool. Yeah. Um, even though I hadn't seen the movie and was definitely not allowed to see that movie <laughs> until then. So it was one of those deals, kind of like my relationship with Alien, where I also had the Alien action figures as a kid, but I had never seen the movie. Huh. So all I had to go off of was my imagination of those action figures and the movie box at Video West okay, to imagine what the movie could have been like. Boy, you know? I wish you could, I wish you had written that down as a child in you. script form and we could all read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or just make that movie. Yeah. It would have been sick as fuck, man. So <laughs> I had the toys as a kid and then I think that I saw the Terminator, um, Terminator 2 and Terminator 1 I think when I was in my late teens or 20s and started watching movies with Kate's family and stuff. Okay. And, again, I feel like I watched T2 first, and that made me be like, oh, my God, we got to go back and watch part one now. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember thinking that part one was, like, way darker, grittier, more yeah, serious it is. It than is. I was expecting, and I was surprised that Arnie was, like, the bad guy in it. Yeah. So that, that lets me know that I think my impressions were is that Arnie was always the good guy, you know? Yeah, that, I mean that is that is pretty much true too in his his uh, career. He's almost always been the good guy. Yeah, so th- yeah. yeah the, this this movie is uh, is different for him. It, it has to be easier that uh, he has to just not make an expression. Like, yeah, right. Though, but it's funny because that we, can be hard. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Though, knowing what we know about Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's, he makes he's a jokey type of guy. He's always laughing and having a good time. So that might might have been really really hard for him. I know he uh, he avoided uh, Michael Bean and and Linda Hamilton on set because he didn't want to get like jokey with them and and then have trouble in the scenes being serious. Ruin the tension. Yeah. 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 Wow. So that is, that is it's it's uh, a I can't think of another time that he's been the villain. Has hmm. he been the hero basically since um, after this movie? Dude, <laughs> honestly, I, I'm trying to think right now of any time yeah. that he has been a bad guy yeah, since I then. I can't really think of any. I'm, I'm pretty sure he almost he's like Tom Hanks. He's pretty much always the good guy. Hmm. I think wow, Tom, Tom Hanks has never played a bad guy, right? He played a hitman, but he wasn't a bad guy. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that's right. Right. That sounds about right to me. Yeah. 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 And this movie really put Arnold on the map because, I mean, obviously before this, he had been fucking Mr. Universe and stuff and right. mm-hmm. had been in Conan, like you said, right? Dude, let me tell you a little bit about because I, I researched Arnold Schwarzenegger because I was like, man, this guy is interesting. And I've never really looked into because like I knew he was a bodybuilder. I knew he was from Austria. Uh, and I knew he's Republican, but also like pro environment and like he's pro a whole bunch of stuff that Republicans aren't. So I was trying to understand where this guy came from. And basically, yeah. uh, what I learned was his dad was a Nazi. Whoa. Uh, yeah. His dad was a Nazi that, uh, apparently he's paid to have a bunch of like research done into his dad's, uh, military service and they have found that he was not involved in any war crimes so that's okay. good wow. but he was very I mean, it's still very very bad it's very very bad yeah yeah <laughs> uh so apparently his dad was a very severe uh guy and didn't really uh care about people's feelings and was uh apparently he he is reported child abuse but every time he talks about it he says that's just the way it was in in austria at the time and I think maybe he's trying to, you know, a lot of people survive that don't want to admit that they were a victim. So, but he's, he's definitely, he had a real rough childhood, but, uh, at, uh, 14, he decided to go into weightlifting and, uh, started lifting weights and saw that as his way. His dream since he was a kid was to get to America. So, he um, did some bodybuilding for a while, and in 1968, moved to Los Angeles, started working out at what would become Gold's Gym. Oh. And uh, he and uh, the guy who plays the future Terminator that we see in uh, Kyle's dream sequence, uh, mm-hmm. what is his name? Fuck, fuck, fuck. Franco Colombo. Uh, oh, he yeah. and Frank, Franco Colombo, who were both uh, uh, weightlifters and, and bodybuilders, what started a bricklaying business together which no way apparently was making him pretty good money along with his bodybuilding winnings and stuff uh and he also started acting uh i didn't know this but he, he had started acting in 60 or 70 so he he appeared in a couple things and actually was nominated for a golden globe for one thing he was in what the heck uh, yeah, I did not know these things. But yeah, he was nominated for a Golden Globe for Stay Hungry. See, I thought that, like, what is it? Hercules Comes to New York or whatever right, was like his first right. thing. But I guess that was his first, like, speaking role or some shit, right? Well, no, that that is his first role, for sure. Okay, Stay, uh, right. Yeah, Stay Hungry came uh, a year after, or two years after. Hmm. But yeah, Hercules in New York, where they had to replace his voice because he his English was just unintelligible. He didn't know yeah. English when he came to America, by the way. Wow. That is really inspiring, though, just to hear where he came from and then see yeah. where it led him even politically, you know? Well, yeah, I, I also found out why he became Republican. Apparently, uh, he really hated the socialism in Austria, which uh, was not well... Uh, uh, what do you do managed well thought out yeah yeah it wasn't well managed he hated the socialism he got here he heard nixon talking and he asked his friend like what party that guy was because he was agreeing with the things nixon was saying uh, that were about how socialism sucked uh because of his experience with bad socialism 
uh, and they got they told him he was Republican, so he said, "Okay, I'm a Republican." That's me now. Despite the fact that so many of his policies aren't Republican, he has maintained he is a Republican and was a Republican governor of California. Hmm. Who, all right then. Uh, all right. So whatever. Anyway, <laughs> he he's an interesting fellow. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. And he is absolutely unbelievable in this movie dude like yeah. whenever he hits the scene and he shows up in his little teleportation ball yeah and he's kind of in that like kneeling pose and then when he like walks up to the punks and stuff and you really see his physique like he's he doesn't gigantic. look real like you see yeah. that and you're like that doesn't look like a human being like a human he being is... can't have shoulders that wide and a waist that small and just yeah. be covered in muscle like that i think he is a good bit bigger in this than he is in T2. I like, thought so, it was, too. It was jarring to see the difference to me. Like, because yeah. he's gigantic still in T2. He's a big, oh, yeah. big man. But, uh, yeah, he's just huge in this. And that that's actually what I'm saying. Uh, what I'm saying about the, the, you know, using a smaller guy as the T800 just doesn't make sense to me. Because, like, it really does look like you have stretched human skin over this hulking robotic form yeah killing machine robo skeleton yeah. invulnerable yeah. entity absolutely yeah, he, yeah he's very intimidating in this and then also yeah maintaining that that uh just blank expression very yeah, much that lack of emotion this this is all very much drawing off of halloween which was a big inspiration to james cameron who uh was inspired by John Carpenter in general and had worked with John Carpenter on, um, fuck, what, what was that movie he did with John Carpenter? He worked on Rock and Roll High School as a production assistant, oh. then worked for Roger Corman. Uh, oh, he did special effects on Escape from New York. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Yeah. James Cameron has had an interesting career. <laughs> Word. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He seems like one of those guys that really does know kind of everything there is to know about filmmaking he really he's period. done so many of the different jobs on the film set leading up to directing this movie that yeah wow. he he does he has a reputation for being kind of a tyrant on the set because he has a very specific vision um he's i mean i i i get that i think it's awesome that he has that vision you can be nice though you can be nice. It's one of those yeah. things that it's got to be hard being behind the camera and looking oh, at absolutely. lighting yeah. and being like, I could have done that better. Looking at makeup and being like, I could have mm -hmm. done that better. Like, it's got to yeah. be frustrating. It's lonely at the top, right? Yeah. It, listen, at the end of the day, I think don't have to it's be a like, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, it's like what you have to learn. Say if, if you're the person making Thanksgiving dinner, what you have to learn is to let go of some things. Yeah. Like, say if somebody is bringing a certain dish and you know you'd probably make it better. It's like, whatever. Those are the mashed potatoes we're going to have. Like, I maybe I could make this perfect, but it's easier if we just accept what we get. Yeah. Because it's a whole lot of fucking work to yeah, totally. do so maybe we delegate and we don't get exactly what we want and maybe we get surprised by something even better than what we thought we wanted sometimes that can happen yeah. 
It's but true. Yeah, so it's, get with it, James. We know you're yeah. listening. Be nice. He does listen. Every week I get an email from James Cameron. Outstanding episode, boys. He says every time. Needed more wrestling talk, he says. More wrestling talk. And then also, hey, would you guys like a check? And I'm always like, we don't want, we can't be bought by these James Cameron types. We don't need your handouts. That's what we say. (laughs) (laughs) James Cameron. Wow, man. Yeah, so dude, yeah, Arnold this is, in this is one of those is one of those surprising roles too because he was, I guess, not the first choice. There was also talks of other uh, people yeah. potentially being the well, Terminator yeah. himself, including one O.J. Simpson, who they <laughs> changed their mind on because they said he wasn't believable enough as a killer. <laughs> I mean, that's true, honestly. Like when you watch him in Naked Gun and stuff, he is just like such a fun, goofy guy that at the, at the time it would have been really weird to see him in a movie like it this. was really weird when he was on trial for murder i remember it very vividly uh, being like nor <laughs> this isn't what? normal what is going on <laughs> yeah uh, yeah uh, yeah they considered you know they they considered some smaller dudes uh because this is also inspired by mad max uh specifically mad max 2 but um uh, mel gibson was considered Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Then also, Jürgen Prochnow, who plays... I know that name. Yeah, he plays the, the guy in the painting in Ghostbusters 2. That's Vigo, right. the Carpathian. Uh-huh. Seriously, he was up for this? Yeah, he was considered, and Sylvester Stallone was considered. I'm really uh, glad they didn't go that route. I agree. I, I'm glad they didn't go that route. I. It is interesting, though. I, it seems like that... Uh, this kind of led to James Cameron co-writing Rambo First Blood Part 2. Really? Which yeah, which is something he also worked on around the time he did Terminator. Well, shit, uh, man. He's busy all guy. over the place. He's a busy guy. Um, Sylvester Stallone seems to have his name on every screenplay for every movie he does, so I don't know how much... Uh, James Cameron co-wrote the script or how much he just wrote the script. I bet there's more to it. I bet that Stallone's got a P-tape of Cameron. (laughs) He's like, hey, you don't consider me for the movie. I'm going to release this P-tape. You got to cup the balls and work the shaft. Exactly. Look up up Sylvester Stallone, cup the balls. (laughs) Just look it up. Just Google it. Private private window. Oh no! It's a, you won't find a video or anything, but you will find a story about it that is very funny. <laughs> That's awesome, man! But yeah, man, it's crazy to think that this movie could have existed without Arnold. Like Terminator without Arnold is one of those things that just doesn't compute in my mind. Yeah, yeah, no, I yeah, I envisioned all of those people in the role, and it was just like no, no, yeah. they would not work. Mel Gibson wouldn't work at all. I don't know. No, uh uh-uh, uh, no. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, no. He would he he draws too much attention to himself. Like Yep, yep. So this movie is also rounded out by a bunch of other fucking awesome actors and actresses. We got uh, Linda Hamilton in this. I think that all, this also put her on the map, didn't it? Yeah, uh pretty much. I mean she did Children of the Corn the year before this, which was oh, a, yeah. a pretty big you know, because it was a Stephen King thing. Stephen King was huge. Uh, I, I man, that movie's just so bad to me. It's not good. It's, it's not, not good. very good, man. Not very good. But yeah, mm-hmm. Linda Hamilton. She, she, uh, kind of was made by this. She's uh, had tons of roles since then. She's yeah. played Sarah Connor several times. So, 
Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, who else is in this that, uh, maybe was made? I mean, Lance Henriksen. Oh, Lance Henriksen. I forgot he was roles. in this. Uh, and then after this, yeah, he does Aliens, Near Dark, uh, so much stuff. So, yeah, this this is big for... Pumpkinhead. Uh, yeah, Pumpkinhead, right. Uh, this is big for a number of the actors in it because, yeah, again, it's just so low-key and then it comes out and people just loved it. Like, this is a great yeah. theater movie for sure. Oh, my God, dude. And I totally forgot that Lance Henriksen was in this. Like, he shows up on screen and I was like... What the fuck is he doing in this movie? <laughs> and it's also crazy, too, to look at him in this versus him in Near Dark and yeah. see how much different he looks. Like, he looks kind of yeah. healthy in this movie. Yeah. And in Near, Near Dark, Dark, he looks, looks like, like he's like, he's on yeah. death's door in that movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> Lance Hendrickson was the OG Terminator. Uh, so, whenever James Cameron went to pitch Terminator to Orion, he sent Lance Hendrickson in as the Terminator ahead -uh. of him. Yeah. So Lance Hendrickson kicked the door in no. and walking in like faceless or just like expressionless face and then just sat down. And then James what Cameron the came fuck? in. Yeah. James it's Cameron so weird knows that you say spectacle. That, yeah. <laughs> Cuz like in my head I'm going he could have played a great cyborg. Like he sure. could have played yeah. T1000 and T2 yep. or something cuz well, he I has mean, such he a, does. a weird look to him. He plays Bishop in aliens like there you go yeah he yeah, had to be a robot james after cameron, all james cameron would have loved i'm sure to give lance henderson the role but it just wasn't i mean they weren't gonna sign on with an unknown guy in the main role wow. uh and you know and and arnold was hot james cameron was not interested in arnold and arnold also originally read for the kyle reese role no way yeah so uh james cameron uh, james cameron said that he was so set against Arnold that he planned when he was supposed to meet with Arnold to start a fight with him so he could say that he couldn't work with him. What uh, a great idea for James Cameron to yeah. start a fight against Arnold Schwarzenegger right. in his yeah. fucking prime. That lets you know how <laughs> not level-headed James Cameron is. <laughs> right, exactly. So uh, anyway, J uh, James Cameron was, because uh, Arnold is extremely charming, he'd expected him to be a dumb meathead. Uh, he was immediately charmed by him and yeah, got turned around. Uh, wow. The What's interesting, though, is... Uh, Michael Bean and Arnold were both very hesitant about the movie and both thought like Michael Bean didn't think it was going to be anything and he wanted to be a serious actor so he was a little worried about it and then he yeah, met being in a sci-fi horror film yeah, right? yeah you can absolutely uh, see how this hurts your career but from the guy met, that did Piranha 2 exactly yeah. he met James Cameron and was just like oh this guy's the real deal uh Arnold Schwarzenegger took him a little bit longer to come around, apparently, because, like, they he had been uh, cast to play the T-800, and then um, uh, the people who made Conan exercised the option in his contract for a sequel. So he went away. They uh, halted production. He went away for nine months to do uh, Conan the Destroyer. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know they they put off the production and while he was there he was being interviewed and they, he had a pair of shoes from the the terminator wardrobe and the interviewer asked him about them and he he basically just said it's from some shit movie i'm doing it'll take me a couple of weeks 
So Dude. like he was he was not on. Nobody board. had faith in this. Nobody really had faith in it except for James Cameron. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow, yeah. man! But, but again, he was right. At the end of the day, he yeah. was right. And he he won them all over too. Uh, like Arnold was won over by seeing him direct and stuff. So that he, uh, everybody turned that them. worked, he turned them. Yeah, everybody that worked, uh, the actors that is that worked on this, uh, were won over by him. So like he. He's definitely known for being hard to work with for actors, but in this movie specifically, it seems like he, maybe he tamped that down a little bit, or maybe he hadn't developed that ego yet, where it's right. like, I'm James fucking Cameron, you do what I say. Um, Who knows, though? I mean, maybe he, because like he does, he did end up marrying Linda Hamilton, Maybe yeah, something these, must have gone okay. Yeah, maybe he just clicked with these people uh, in a way right. that he never clicked with anyone else. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and Linda Hamilton in this, too, it's it's so different, especially coming from the perspective that I did, where I saw T2 first, and she's You're a right. fucking hard-ass. She's ass. a badass, yeah. In this, she's such an ordinary young person. Like, she is a person who is a waitress. Yep. Uh, she's not, like, a, a gun-toting militia maniac that's shredded from head to toe. She just right. kind of gets tossed into the situation where it's just like, by the way, your kid is going to be the savior in the future. You got to stay safe and avoid this killing machine. Uh, her character in this is much more, I don't know, human yeah. than her role in T2, which kind of like what you're saying with uh, with Arnold's role in T2 as well. It's like these actors and actresses got to play two completely different sides of their own coin in those two movies. Yeah, she... Uh she's sarah connor is supposed to be 18 in this movie oh shit yeah so in the second sure movie age. she's supposed to be i guess what how old is the uh, edward furlong maybe 12 so i, I like guess that, yeah. she's supposed to be maybe close to 30 ish yeah yeah and that is that is like uh that's an inter like an interesting but normal sort of arc from this period looking at a female character going from bright-eyed uh, happy young girl to uh bitter uh mm-hmm. in hardened in by 30s, the world hardened by the world uh what i love is that they reverse it is that uh she's bitter and hardened by the world but she by seeing like the terminator change she changes so mm-hmm. yeah, like she she's still hard as shit at the end of that movie Holy at the end of yeah. Terminator too. But she's like she has hope. Uh, yeah, and yeah. if you if you watched T two extended edition, I don't know if you see like the alternate ending where she's like in the future where there there isn't like uh, there hasn't been the machine uprising. Oh, uh uh-uh. no, not seen uh, okay. that. Yeah, so there's an alternate ending where it's just a happy ending. Uh, yeah, I, I like I like to see her character arc. She she definitely learns a lot, and you know this movie she it's it's so believable her conversion, her slow conversion to what he's telling her. Yeah, because she she begins with no, this dude's crazy, and really yeah, yeah. like he's fucking insane. I like she's that about it too. She's not converted. just she's yeah. not going with the program like immediately. Right. You know, yeah, because I definitely that, doubts him. Yeah, that that's that that would be some sort of lazy writing type of version. Because like there were a million Terminator ripoffs that you can watch that definitely have that ra- lazy writing version where it's like, uh, I'm the guy who saves you or whatever, and she's like, okay, cool, 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, save <laughs> yeah. me. Damsel in distress kind of. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, Sarah in Connor's like, movie, what the fuck? No. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, in this movie, she's just a waitress working at an all-beef restaurant, going home to her <laughs> iguana every night. Let's talk about that restaurant here for oh, a second, man. Steve. Let's talk about, let's talk about what let's a talk about, chili beef deluxe is. Yeah, let's talk about eating in the 80s. Because like <laughs> in, in the like one minute that we see her working as a waitress in the diner, I think every food item that is talked about or brought to a table is mm-hmm. beef it's based beef. in some yeah. way. <laughs> here's your here's your beef covered chicken. <laughs> yeah. You ordered the fish now. Would you like that with the beef or yeah. should we cook that in beef tallow or are you a vegetarian? <laughs> in ca- in that case get the fuck out. The 80s were a very beefy time it was and a, a wild just a, time. A very smoky time. Oh. Dude, I how did we <laughs> get out of that era i don't even because like you know you learn as an adult like if you eat the way we all ate as kids you're ob- obese yeah oh yeah like it, as kids growing up in the 80s we ate so much junk shit like even the shit they thought was good for us was yeah, just like cereal <laughs> It's right. covered in sugar, but there's wheat under there. Like, yeah. okay, that's all bad, actually. It's like, wait a second, why is the wheat good? And they're like, that's it's the good grows, part. it's natural. <laughs> I don't know, kid. Get out of my fucking face. Yeah. Man. <laughs> it, yeah, it's insane to think about. Could you imagine, though, like, if there was a new product that emerged now in a, in a future, you know, where this never existed, in a reality where this product never existed, where it's like, I don't know. You just take the stuff in this box and you add a pound of hamburger meat to it. It'll help it out. <laughs> Dude. Imagine pitching that to Whole Foods or something where it's like, I don't know, you add a pound of beef to it and you give it to your family. I don't know. I think they probably have <laughs> their own versions. I've actually, um, I have made, because um, Hamburger Helper was so prevalent, I have a an affinity to it, but I know that the actual box stuff isn't good. I have yeah. made homemade hamburger helper many many times all right confession time Uh uh-huh hamburger helper stroganoff is is actually pretty good i kind of have a soft spot for that myself i'm telling you learn how to make it at home oh dude i've made some real stroganoff because i liked hamburger helper stroganoff and it's just like oh my god this is a pale imitation yeah absolutely the real shit yeah but dude god damn we ate like terrible terrible stuff in the 80s we made it yeah though. we made it through the chili beef deluxes <laughs> <laughs> and dude i just wonder what all the smoking that we are around is has it's, done to us yeah. in the long term because this movie has... reminded me of just how regular smoking everywhere all the time was like dude there's yeah. that one scene in there where kyle reese is in the interrogation room and like uh-huh. All of the guys questioning him are like smoking, and it's just turning that box into like a smoke hole. And I like now, you know, in 2020, I'm watching that being like, maybe they're doing that to try to wear him down. His eyes are burning, and he's breathing in the hot, stinging air and stuff. <laughs> and then the camera pans behind the double, uh, the, the, sorry, the single single reflection mirror. It pans behind that to the observation room, and they're smoking in there too. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh. Dude, everybody every just pl- smoking all the time every place stunk like everywhere you went did not smell good oh dude just and everywhere awful. there was carpet just trapping that trapping cigarette it. smell everywhere yeah. that third hand smoke just fucking everywhere so and i think that, that you proposed what probably the special dish of her diner would be 
What's hamburger helper? <laughs> uh, no, beef and cigarettes. Beef and cigarettes. Yeah, that would I'll be the beef and cigarettes, please. <laughs> they just they just bring a big plate of beef slathered in cigarette gravy. <laughs> cigarette gravy. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, and a diet coke on the side, please. Oh, diet coke. Yeah. Well, you're watching your figure. <laughs> or a crystal light. Yeah. Okay, I brought my own. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god dude yeah just so disgusting her her life as a waitress seems like it sucks her uh her co-workers take great delight in teasing her that she might be murdered by a psycho killer that night i guess yeah That's cool. her yeah i don't know why her her uh, co-worker thinks oh she'll love this somebody with your exact <laughs> name was murdered on her doorstep today shot six yeah. times what a gas she shot him six times. Six times. I don't think that's a. Uh, uh, I don't think that is a, an accident. By the way, there are so, so many. Either. I was. I, yeah, I almost got into. It. I, uh, we should get into how much like Halloween this is. Okay, <laughs> because... dude. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's one of the things that I was actually going to throw at you during the episode and hope I surprised you. Like, no, yeah. Okay, I, if you I just describe it, from the it beginning, yeah. As an emotionless killing machine suddenly starts targeting a young lady that's just minding her own business, a mm-hmm. guy shows up that knows who the killer is and tries to help her get away from him. Am I talking about Halloween or Terminator right now? Right. Yeah. It's Halloween all the way through. This movie is very much Halloween with, uh, you know, some, 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 uh, what James Cameron the the club is called Tech Noir. James yeah. Cameron, this is a genre he was proposing that uh, Blade Runner and Terminator would fit into, which is the sci-fi movies that have ne- uh, these neo noir elements to them. Yeah, but, I guess it's dark, it's gritty, you know. Yeah, but this has a very clear undercurrent of horror. Going I think throughout. so. Yeah, because this is kind of like the big debate with this flick is like, is it a horror movie or right. is it sci-fi? Right, know? and that's the debate that I think. I think some debates that I see in like uh, horror film, like Twitter and stuff, has to do with people not knowing film history very hmm. well. Okay, and, and not even and not knowing genre history very well. Horror comes. from our sci-fi comes from horror. Like the first sci-fi novel is uh, Frankenstein, which is a horror novel. That's true, but that's also a sci-fi story. It's about the horrors of yep. modern technology and, and stuff. And is this so... not is this not a Frankenstein tale? Kind of, sort of. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a reanimated an animated body that does not have uh, the humanity to it it has a monstrosity to it yeah that's this, true that's frankenstein on paper sci- sci-fi is not a, a, an it's not a subgenre of horror but they are so closely intertwined that sometimes these types of movies pop up where the debate about whether it's horror or sci-fi doesn't make sense because it's both and it can be both yeah totally it doesn't yeah, have it, to be one or the other it's hard not to see robots and lasers and say oh sci-fi i mean that's just that's part of it you know it's definitely sci-fi but it's also about uh, yeah a a, uh emotionless killing machine stalking a final girl who survives yeah like like kate is totally of the mindset that this is not a horror movie 
Right. Uh, it's a sci-fi and action kind of thriller kind of flick. But to me, in my head, I'm like, if you replace the fact that it's a robot from the future with mm-hmm. it is a Lovecraftian killing machine monster that just emerges from a portal. Yeah, it's now a it's a horror movie, movie right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, is it just because it's a robot? Is that kind of the hang up? Like, can that not be horrifying? I think it's the gun. I think that's the thing that most often trips people up on it is that uh, slasher villains don't use guns. Hmm. And I had so, about that. It, it's a. It is a. It's an element of of horror we've talked about before, and I've said that I I don't like horror movies to use guns too much but then i i was thinking about that argument and started thinking about horror movies that have guns in them one halloween uh which is obviously inspiring this but two uh from dusk till dawn blade tons of guns in that yeah you're right yeah tons of guns in those movies undoubtedly Uh, unquestionably horror yeah very much horror uh people under the stairs what is yeah, that mm-hmm. if it's not horror and it's it's this the the main antagonist has a gun yeah uh, i think that because it's rare it looks like well that doesn't fit in a horror movie but i, I it's think it's an action that, movie now yeah yeah I, that it's 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 trying to introduce that it's trying to be like okay well what if the horror villain had a gun like well, here's the thing though man it's like you know, the, obviously there is a lot of gunplay and stuff in the movie, but the first kill and one of the first things that we even see yeah, Arnold he rips, do, you punch a guy's yeah. heart out. He does like a fucking Mortal Kombat fatality right at the start yeah, of the movie. Yeah, dude. I never realized, never realized, uh, and, and I just put it together watching it just this most recent time, that they were getting Kano from T uh, Terminator Absolutely. Yep. Even to the point in Mortal Kombat 2, they add the robotic eye. Yep. I never realized that. And I'm sure a ton of people are hearing this and being like, yeah, duh. I just <laughs> now put together that they were doing a Terminator thing with Kano, and that's why he ripped people's hearts out of their chest. Dude. Uh, and of course, yeah, as he that... rips out that dude's heart, he is among a bunch of just fucking cool ass gutter punks, including perennial yeah. dead and lovely favorite Bill, Bill Paxton. fucking Paxton. Yeah. Mm hmm. Game He's, over, man. Game yeah. over. Bill Paxton is, he has a tire tread on his face, which we have How to about that? That's a look. Is either a tattoo, which is, that's a real dedication there. Bold uh, choice. Makeup, which would take a lot to do every day. Or he got ran over earlier <laughs> that day and was just like, ah, fuck it. Just leave it. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting style choice. He's also got his buddy with like crazy pink uh-huh. eyeliner and stuff on. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, see the, he's the one that survives, right? The pink eyeliner. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I'll tell you what, though, man. Can you imagine how fucking hard these punks with their flick knives are? Long time since <laughs> we had a fucking flick knife on That's this show. True. The old switchy. The old dirtbag. Uh, yeah, but like, imagine you're hanging out with a bunch of your friends, a ginormous Olympian killing machine naked man comes up to you and punches your friend's heart out. Right. And you stay and stand your ground and fight the guy with your fucking puny flick knife? I, I would be running like hell. Are you yeah, kidding me? Yeah, I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what you expect to come from that. 
<laughs> you're not winning. You're, you're not, not winning, winning at all. Even yeah. if you do win, it's like, well, it, it would be a battle hard fought. Yeah, but <laughs> I, mean, it, I don't but think you would cost? come out happy on the other side. Just <laughs> no. run. No, not at all, man. Yeah, those guys are hard. Yeah, yeah, they're hard. <laughs> they're they, <laughs> these these guys are like, no way, bro. We're gonna take him down. But that's uh, the thing about this movie too, though, is like those punks and so much of the movie have more of a late 70s aesthetic. Like, you think 1984, this is almost halfway through the 80s, but this is the, the side of the 80s that still felt very 70s. Mm. Hmm. Like, a lot of the cars and stuff, like the cop cars and everything. Yeah. Even, like, yeah. The, the dance club they go into, like, the stuff people well, are wearing and the look of the club is, like, very late 70s. Well, that that would be like having uh, a night. 19- uh, or a 2009 car in 2014. Yeah. So it's not, I mean, it, it's more, I I think we are so, it's, we have such an expectation in movies a lot of times that they, the cars in the background we usually see are obviously placed there. <laughs> like, they're, they're going for an aesthetic, but they didn't have the money to do that. So they're just getting shots of people's normal cars. And most people in 1984 probably still had a 70s car mm-hmm. yeah that's true because you didn't replace them as much cars weren't replaced as much uh for a long while they became way more replaceable in the 80s so i mean dude i'm in the 2020s and i drive a car from the 90s <laughs> look that's out true. that is true <laughs> you're kicking it man keeping it real <laughs> Another, like, 80s artifact in here that kind of blew my mind was the prevalence of phone books. Like, the Terminator shows mm. up and finds a phone book and is like... So weird. Where does Sarah Connor live? And it's like, yeah. not only does it have her phone number, but her address. Yeah. Like, the yeah. fact that in the 80s, you could just get anybody's address from a phone book. Yeah. You, Scary. You could, weird. You could have your address not put in the phone book, but you had to ask them specifically. It was like, you had to opt out of them telling everyone your name phone number and address i don't think i would like that yeah i I would opt out of that one yeah yeah it's uh (laughs) it's wild man that's a it's a crazy thing to think about though we put way more information on the internet now than any of that so yeah what about that 80s hair how do you think that's looking these days man wouldn't you just love to run your fingers through her hair when she gets all dressed up to go to the club crispy disgusting aquanet covered (laughs) shit what was going on other than than uh oh uh, everybody get ready to take a (laughs) shot yeah that's right take a shot dead lovely Um, talks about cocaine you have to take a shot uh, by the way oh speaking of cocaine this is this is a tangent we'll get right back to what we were doing but i wrote this This never happens on the show never happens on the show wrote this joke about Marianne Mueller Lyle, who plays the Sarah Connor that gets shot. Marianne Mueller Lyle has 230 acting credits, Ben. Whoa! So, if you're looking for cocaine, holler at Marianne Mueller Lyle, because she gets work. I think you're right. That's for people who know that work means cocaine. Hmm. Huh? Right? Does it? Is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah, I got that one. Now your joke is funny. See, that's the thing. People forget jokes are only funny if you have to explain them. That's yeah. a key element of humor. As I was writing it, I was like, nobody will know this except for all the younger people listening. Is that what they call drugs. it? <laughs> uh, I don't even know if people are still calling it work. It was called, I mean, Drake called it work a few years ago. So yeah, maybe still calling it work. 
Is that the the meaning of work 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 work? Is that that song? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't think so, but maybe. <laughs> Are you telling me that the that the hit Australian '80s pop band is actually Men at Cocaine? Men at Cocaine. That's right. No, what? I don't think it. I don't know if it was around back then. That that. Uh, boy. Now I'm realizing perhaps work is more obscure and my joke is way awesomer than I thought it was. <laughs> it's getting better and better yeah, the more you have to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's listening to this right now and they're like, I got that joke from the beginning. That Absolutely. person's cool. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the so, cocaine-fueled hairstyles yeah, of this the movie are just insane. Holy hell. It's just yeah. date it dates it hard yeah. as yeah. fuck. Yeah, because like, you know, uh, there are certain hairstyles that date periods. The Caesar for dudes in the 90s. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you watch any mid to late 90s uh, movie, every dude, same hairstyle. The Rachel uh, for the ladies. The Rachel, for sure. Yeah. Then, yeah, this, this the bouffant back in the 50s when everybody was on speed. Uh, <laughs> you know, it seems like... The more amphetamines you get in your system, the more the more uppers you get, the higher your hair you want. You <laughs> oh want, yeah, it just goes up and up, huh? Yeah, you're like, man, that my hair is just so flat. I just want it, I want it to reach the sky. I want it to talk to God. I need to get higher and higher. <laughs> That's what they were going for. <laughs> I yeah, think so. it's, it is not it's not attractive. Her roommate's hair looks like um, a wig that was made as a joke <laughs> it's insane well the funny thing is, is there's that scene where they're like getting ready in the bathroom and it's like they're a little bit more i guess the hair and stuff is less played up yeah and then by the time they're done they're like we look awesome and it's like you look like you're fucking 45 because yep. your hair is crazy why does it do that why does it immediately it makes make it look old look it's old. weird maybe it's it just totally an age does. thing because it reminds us yeah. of our moms which i mean yeah my At mom this was point, in her 20s. When, yeah, so I was going to say, like, we're way old. older than our parents were when we associate them with looking old at right. that age. So what the <laughs> fuck do we know, right? Yeah. Really cute nod, though, too, in that little bathroom scene. I love that they deliberately put her wearing a Jetsons t-shirt. It's like oh, that yeah. was a vision of the uh -huh. future is the yeah. Jetsons. Yeah. Uh, they do some small nods throughout. Like, right? Uh, like... When the doctor is uh, repeating Kyle's story back to him about machines taking over and he's saying it kind of derisively, his uh, pager goes off and he immediately pays attention to it. I like, didn't notice like, that. Yeah. Just like a, a little like joke, like, look, they're already controlling you. Like, Wow. There's a yeah. thing on Sarah's answering machine, too, where it's like, leave me a message. Yeah. Machines need love, too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So th there's just a whole bunch throughout. I think they did a really uh, good job. Because watching it this time, I forgot. Well, I guess I never knew fully because I have seen this so many times since I was a child that seeing this story, you don't know who the bad guy is from the beginning. That's like, true. You're not sure if um, uh, Kyle is a good guy, too. Like, they just that could have been an awesome twist at the end if it turned yeah. out that he wasn't, you know? Yeah, and actually they play it up more in T2 because, of course, we know the T-800 from the beginning. So when we see the T-800 show up and then also this other guy show up, we're like, okay, which one's the bad guy? 
Yeah. Because well, and it if turns you've out the bad seen... guy puts on the cop uniform too, yeah. which is like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I never really put that together that watching this from for the first time, you would be not sure that Arnold is the bad guy. And then that scene in the bar when he comes up to shoot her, that's where it's like, oh, okay, I got it. Good guy, bad guy. Yeah, dude. Oh, man, it's so badass. Though ripping people's hearts out does make you a bad guy generally. Usually. Yeah, yeah usually <laughs> not my favorite people are known for doing that exactly. Yeah. But, dude, that's the crazy thing to me, too, is, like, you know, watching this movie now or even watching this movie 20 years ago, it's like the Terminator was instilled in pop culture. Everybody knew Arnold. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew the red laser eye. Everybody knew the chrome metal skeleton and stuff. Yeah. But I cannot imagine watching this movie with a clean slate in 1984, and you spent the whole movie with this hulking fucking, you know, monster action figure guy stalking kyle and sarah the whole movie and just killing a million people mm -hmm. and right when you think they've taken him out with the the pipe bomb and the gas truck and stuff and then the fucking final boss emerges yeah 15 minutes from the end of the movie like there's nothing that could prepare you for that no the stakes no. just raise tenfold 15 minutes from the credits of this movie yeah like when you think Terminator, you think of that that endoskeleton and stuff, but you don't realize like that's, that's a just sliver a of this tiny movie. bit of the movie, yeah. But it's, I can't imagine it is seeing his that scariest thing. form for sure. Oh my god, dude! It is it is absolute like last boss, like final boss thing where you think yeah. you beat Bowser and then he comes up out of the lava and he's just a skeleton. Like it's so impactful. It definitely had to have some influence on the way that video games, because like. You know, I'd like to trace that the yeah. the final form, final boss type of thing that's just so prevalent in video games. But I mean, this is 1984. But what I mean, other than Pong and some arcade games, there's nothing out there. So they're definitely mimicking this trope. Did this begin that trope? Uh, well, the thing is, though, is you already drew sure. the parallel between you know this and Kano, but you also got to think too about this and like let's say super contra for super nintendo yeah. like where you remember like one of the first bosses that big metal skeleton right. that yeah. claws uh -huh. through the wall and stuff yeah like this is absolutely very influential yeah for on sure. the video gaming world for sure yeah very con yeah contra definitely influenced by say like predator and alien as yeah. well so yeah you're right this is definitely influential on video games yeah man for sure i just can't imagine though like there's nothing that could prepare you for seeing that, like seeing that metal skeleton emerge from right. the flaming Ugh. wreckage. Yeah, you, even shit. when you see like his skin torn away and the little bit of robot, you still aren't putting together. Underneath there, there's this hulking exoskeleton, or endoskeleton, I guess. Yeah, exoskeleton, dude. what is it? It, it is endo, it's inside, and then yeah. it becomes exo, I guess. I guess so, yeah. You can be an any and an Audi as a <laughs> metal robot skeleton, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're right, because we've had little glimpses the whole movie where he like repairs himself, and you see a little bit of his robot eye and things, but then just to know that that was under there the whole time, like that's the real robot at that point. That's a huge reveal, yeah. Oh, man. And that's what's been stalking them the whole time. Like, he was already intimidating. Yeah. He was already scary. But yeah, to know yeah. that the whole time that's what's been following them, like, ugh. Well, and also, yeah, too, I think that there's there's something that is deeply embedded in 
myth and imagery and stuff in our own minds where we associate the human skeleton with death, with demise. So whenever we see that robotic cybernetic skeleton, I think it, it even subconsciously hits us on a lot of different levels because not only are we seeing that this thing is unkillable. Like, even yeah. in its deadest form, a skeleton, yeah. it is still coming after us. But yeah. there's also something that is, I think, very scary in that it's showing us that, like, science has eliminated death. Like, the machines have beaten death, the thing that we can't beat. You have fallen for one of the classic blunders, fallen right into my trap. I don't even oh, know if no, you knew Oh, no, I'm it. ensnared. I'm hoisted on my own petard. Because, Ben, I, when uh, I used to teach a, a class on the undead, I used to teach a segment uh, that I called Unlife, and I fit artificial intelligence into what I think is a spectrum of undeath. And Ooh, this yeah, is it is alive, the, but it's not alive. It's, it's conscious, alive, but it's but, not alive. Yeah, yeah, it's conscious, but not con There's no humanity there. Uh, Ooh, it, I like that. Like the the way that, uh, as you're saying, inside he's this exact symbol of our fears of death. Uh, and and he is, he becomes that by dying. Like he, he goes through what they think is a death. And then becomes this other creature. Like, yeah. this very much fits into our fears of, like, uh, you know, humans. We, we know that there are humans who are inhuman. We know that there are, you know, serial killers, uh, world leaders that commit genocide, things like that. We know that, but we you can't see it on their face. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's that they look like us. Yeah, it's that fear of what's inside when everything else breaks down. When mm, all yeah. the other, like, when, when people put aside the niceties and the pleasantries of, of everyday life, when you break that all down, what do you get? Uh, and so, in this case, when you break that all down, you've got this cold, calculated logic machine that is only programmed to kill and yeah. on the outside it is intimidating and on the inside even more devastating so yeah. like when we think about the undead when we experience it from you know visually it is frightening but when we experience it emotionally say we're seeing our uh dead wife has now risen from the grave yeah, yeah. They're they're the two levels to experiencing the undead, and I think this is a good example on the unlife spectrum of the two two stages to dealing with it. There was the the constant stalking, skin covered uh, Terminator that is frightening uh, and fearful and and all those things, but then you see what's inside, and it's even worse even yeah. more monstrous <laughs> yeah yeah the emotional reaction is is just fear that's all that's there so i it's a very I really effective enjoy, imagery, yeah, yeah i really enjoy the way they did that and i i think like as i'm saying like you know uh james cameron he he definitely was influenced by horror 
and I, I just see so many elements of horror in this that to not call it a horror movie is fine to just say it's a sci-fi movie is it's fine with me but i would i would say it can exist in both genres comfortably yeah i think so too man and too i think even something with that skeleton imagery and stuff that is maybe even subconsciously kind of implanted in us early in the movie just to kind of relate the fragility of human life and the fact that we will all die and just turn Mm -hmm. into dust at the end like yep one of the first scenes that we see of the crazy future war zone is, of course, those iconic like treads on the hunter killer yeah, rolling over, over all those human skulls. Yeah. yeah, it's like we see them just getting ground into powder, and then mm-hmm. later in the movie we see this chromium steel you yeah. know skull that's indestructible. It just kind of lets us know like science has made us obsolete. And mm-hmm. and again, that's another way that this movie is so influential like so many fear factory songs are based on (laughs) stuff from terminator man it's like there's so much imagery and stuff that that band utilized that is straight out of these movies and it's so cool man and as we know anything that influenced fear factory is a huge influence on day-to-day life yeah for i mean if you're living your life right i think yeah you go to kroger you hear fear factory you're like that's right i need to uh worry about technology (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly how it goes steve nailed it but yeah like i love that there is kind of that subconscious imagery you know through the movie of of man versus machine and i think that as time goes by and as our artificial intelligence becomes stronger and stronger and as more things become automated Mm -hmm. and even more ordinary human tasks are replaced with with automation. Yeah. I think that these movies just get scarier and scarier and more real as time yeah. goes by, you know? Yeah, because we we see the more invasive ways that technology have has become part of our uh selves. Like it's no yeah. longer just part of our lives, it's part of ourselves. We we have to exist online. And who we are online is even a separate person from who we are in reality. So we're living all these dualities at work with all the people in our lives, uh, you know, with with the people closest to us, with uh, the the Internet. We're just constantly being pulled in all these different directions oh, yeah. to, to be different types of people. Uh, and, yeah, this is in 1984 when the biggest worry is uh answering machines and 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 pagers yeah (laughs) like those are the things where it's like hey pay attention you're always checking your messages on your answering machine babe i love getting (laughs) messages like it's just like back in my day we talked to people not machines exactly i do remember that being a thing back in the day of answering machines there were people who refused to leave messages because they wouldn't talk to a machine Totally, man. Yep. And then it's like, even if you didn't have an answering machine, somebody would be trying to get a hold of you, and you'd never even know. You'd have no idea. And you know how we lived our lives back then? Fine. That's all right, I guess. <laughs> I, had some, I had something pop up in my feed the other day where somebody was like, you know how whenever you text somebody and they text back, call me? Like, what if we just started where when somebody calls you, you answer the phone and say, text me and hang up? <laughs> yeah. That, I think that's acceptable. I think I it's do. very acceptable. Yeah. I think it's absolutely acceptable because I my assume, assumption would be if somebody said that is that they picked up the phone real quick in a meeting or something to just be like, okay, text me. 
Like, yeah. My and I don't know. I'm not calling anybody just to have a friendly chat, except you know, once a week for like three hours. Yeah, exactly. Just like that. <laughs> or I mean, you know, if somebody sends me that message, like, "Hey, text me instead," and they hang up, I'm like, maybe they're pooping right now. <laughs> yeah. Who wants to? You know, you don't want to be on the phone while you're doing that. Yeah. Nobody wants to be talking while they're grumping one out. Just nope. Nope. Not interested. I don't want to be on the other end of that call. Hell no. But yeah, I think that just like as as AI and it's funny to go from that to AI. Let's talk AI. As AI advances, I think that all this stuff is just becoming more and more of a reality. I mean, once we reach, yeah, um, you know, the, the point where we have things like quantum computers and stuff that are coming up in the future. Yeah. Once we reach the point of a singularity, where the computers can start making themselves better than we can. Um, shit's gonna get really scary, guys, and it's not that far off at all. Yeah, it doesn't have to, but it just seems like the course of things. Because, like, there's nothing generally actually scary. Because, like, I think back to phone books, and it's like, yeah, that seems like a lot of information to know, but it's like, how much... I didn't think about that ever. Back in the phone book days. I never, yeah, totally. Because it was like, you'd have to go to that person's city and get yeah. a phone book. <laughs> or have somebody mail you a phone book from that yeah. town. Yeah. <laughs> what the just, fuck ever. It's just unlikely, yeah. And it's like, now it's like, yeah, there's a ton of... Because, like, you know, we have hundreds of hours of us just talking about shit. Uh, definitely said stuff on here that uh, would be revelations to some people in my life. Uh it's it's kind of normalized and i don't think it's a to- totally negative thing no to because i i don't know i mean what are we defending when we defend privacy there are certain things that are private for sure and should be kept to you know oneself or to the people other that you want to reveal it to but a lot of the things that we worry about being private just don't matter we're just hiding them from everybody for no reason and it's i think it's nice that we're in a day where so much more is out in the light that's true yeah but yeah you're right i mean the current trajectory does make it seem like it, it the it's a scary future for sure but things could turn around Maybe things could turn around yeah maybe uh amazon echoes will uh cure cancer Maybe they do. Maybe they all start jabbering with each other. We get Alexa yep. on the job. Maybe she'll start doing some work for us. Maybe yeah. she teams up with, I'm not going to say the word, S-I-R-I. I'm not going to say that because right. my phone will activate when I say it. Yeah. Maybe they team up and become just like the fucking Wonder Twins and save the world. I don't know. That would be interesting. Can you imagine that? You see an iPhone and two other devices just like at a podium answering questions about how they saved the world <laughs> or maybe how they very very easily and deftly passed a a dementia exam yeah <laughs> wow person tv camera boom did it dude let's talk about the soundtrack in this movie because it's fucking awesome it's so great so so good. I didn't write down the name of the sound guy. Who did? I was you, wondering you know who it was. No, and actually, maybe we Let should me, get fuzz. Say, let's get yeah, fuz beat on that. Because uh, here's the thing that I'm wondering, Steve. Okay, so when you think Terminator, of course you're going dum 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 dum, like you're thinking mm. of the Terminator percussion kind of theme. Yeah. But dig this. Okay. Okay. 
and, and again, this is why I really do need to know who did the soundtrack to this, because it makes me wonder. Um, after you have that like rhythmic theme for the Terminator, you have that other melodic theme that goes do do do. Yeah. Bum bum. Right. Think about that compared to the Isengard theme from Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah. Dun dun. It's so similar. It's really fucking similar. That's cool. I didn't. And maybe they did that on purpose with Lord of the Rings to kind of like subconsciously trigger like oh my god it's like the machine uprising with isengard and the orcs and stuff yeah it really does now that i think about it that it's like one interval away the terminator music in that scene and it would work you know the one i'm talking about like (laughs) we see the orcs tearing down the trees it's it's almost identical and i have to think that that peter jackson maybe even did that on purpose because you know he loves these movies oh yeah yeah he's a huge he's a huge movie nerd movie Uh, nerd Brad Fidel did Okay, so the music. not the guy that did Lord of the Rings. No, no, but uh he he's done movies we've done in the past. He did Fright Night. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, he's he's had a long career. He did Gladiators soundtrack. Oh shit, okay. So amazing. he kept in the biz. Yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah. Do you think that this is a maybe a Carpenter influenced soundtrack? Cuz I, I think, think so. so. Uh, yeah. I think I think so much of the stuff in this is influenced by Carpenter. It's very clear that the synthesizer type of music is it's different than Carpenter for sure. I think yeah. Carpenter does more meandering stuff that's not really necessarily going anywhere where this definitely seems to have a trajectory, but it's still simple uh Carpenter-esque. Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely influenced. It seems to me. I think so too, and it, yeah. it is so appropriately super fucking eighty sounding with those yep. keyboard tones and stuff. And like mm-hmm. during some of the chase scenes, like there's this one theme that just goes. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's like <laughs> no, it's just not really doing anything. It just sounds like a, a cat walking across a keyboard or something. That's but it's awesome. still fucking cool, man. <laughs> I'll okay, yeah, now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Name that tune. I never thought about how crazy that sounds. <laughs> it's so awesome, man. It's so cool. And, you know, we got to talk about the, the special effects in here from Stan yeah. Winston and his Stan crew. Winston. Because that's definitely one of the standout features of this yeah. movie. I mean, the storyline and stuff is fucking sick, and it has so much depth, but... God, it is brought to life by those those visuals. What do you think about the special effects in this movie? Great, man. I mean, Stan Winston, he had already had a, a career. He'd already had an Oscar nomination by this point, but wow. like it was he was still young in his career, still early. Uh you can definitely tell the Herringhausen uh aesthetic is kind of there sure. at times. It's got that that stop motion feel, but also a little herky, which is maybe intentional, but probably just a budgetary issue. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, I could see somebody doing it intentionally, like as uh, a nod to Harryhausen, but uh, I, I think it was probably just a budgetary issue, and the fact that they made that robot out of actual metal, which was Jeez. very that thing had to weigh a ton. <laughs> it was very heavy, and it made it hard to move. So, they, yeah, the stop motion yeah. shots are probably the most unbelievable parts yeah. of this movie, where it. I mean, it does take you out a little bit. To me, it's like it's still so fucking cool looking that I'm yeah. okay with it. And it's like you said, yeah, even the fact that it's me, kind but... of kind of jerky. It's like, well, it's a robot, you know? Yeah, yeah. They they walk all robotic. You, you ain't never seen nobody do the robot. <laughs> That's how they do. They're jerky like. They're all like, eh, 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 you know? popping and locking on you, and so on, <laughs> carrying on. 
yeah, I, I think though, uh, you're right. But as I said, like this is 6 million in comparison to those other big, uh, special effects budget, $30 million movies around this same time to see that Stan Winston was able to take a very low budget and come out with this is Dude, amazing. It's crazy. I don't even know if I could build a dang old swing set for $6 million. I, you know what? If somebody has $6 million and wants to pay me $6 million to build a swing set, yes, please. Your game. Okay. You're tr- you'll try it. <laughs> yeah. Myself, I've, tr- I've already accepted failure. So don't even come <laughs> at me with that offer. It's over. <laughs> But if you're if you're offering less than six million, let's say four million, I'm still interested. Okay, still I'm interested. I'm lowballing right. myself. A million. Fifty bucks. <laughs> All right, fine. Fine. <laughs> yeah, I think some of the spots in this where the special effects are also like, you know, maybe stretched a little bit thin. We have some yeah. of those shots where, where Arnie is like cutting into his eye yeah, and you can tell it's scene. a prosthetic mm-hmm. head. But yeah. then again, he's a robot, so yeah. It can look kind of fake, and that's okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's let's accept, say, the fact that maybe the um, the skin normally fuses with the metal beneath, and that's why it looks naturally like skin. And when he's doing these repairs, it is disconnected from the skeleton underneath, and so that's why like it that. looks so masky. Yeah, I, I accept that. That's fine. They they probably could have shot it in a way. That made it look a little better. I mean, they chose yeah, to go maybe. with a bright light directly on the yeah. face, square Could have done in the it a frame. little bit more in the dark. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because he's in this like seedy motel and stuff like that. It's like they yeah. could have done that with you know the blinds where the the lines from the blinds are over his face and yeah. it's grittier and darker and stuff. You know, or maybe even showed it in silhouette and then we just see a close up of the robot eye or whatever. Like, right. Yeah. There's yeah, probably I, a more subtle way they could do that. Probably so, and may, yeah, so the, the one of the few things that kind of stands out is not great now, but that's the thing is, I think in 1984, they were like, look how good this looks. Yeah, true, they wanted to show it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, yeah, that's maybe a little bit of hubris, where it's like, yeah, this looks really good, but if we show it in a little bit darker circumstances, it'll look better. Yeah, but yeah. I think that the bads are far outweighed by the goods, dude. Oh, There's yeah. so many yeah. parts, especially, like, once they stop doing the stop-motion Terminator and they just go to, like, you know, like, close-up shots where you're just seeing a hand or the skull or whatever, you know, reaching out for her. Mm-hmm. Those shots look those are incredible. Great. Those they are look amazing, yeah. unbelievable, man. Because yeah. they were like, we've already established, we've given you the full-body shots of the endoskeleton yeah which you know it's like when you look at it that way it's like yeah we all know now what that skeleton looked like but they kind of had to show the full monty back then because yeah otherwise you wouldn't know what it looked like so yeah it would be had to do those shots yeah like i mean any other attempts at cyborgs before this were mostly just people wearing makeup and appliances yeah, uh, yeah, and fucking dryer hoses on their arms and shit yeah, like that. Danger yeah. Will Robinson kind of shit. Right. So this is this is yeah, this is like so much more practical and realistic that it adds to the the fright factor of it because it's like yeah, because his body is so big the thing underneath also being this big hulking thing is like oh, he was just a tiny bit of skin stretched over like yeah, it's cool. The the big reveal is so much cooler, yeah, because yeah, I think with a smaller guy, 
they would have to do a smaller skeleton inside and maybe it'd be less intimidating though it's still i mean i'm just thinking of it as is right now smaller still scary yeah <laughs> still very fucking scary yeah. right <laughs> but even like the explosions and stuff in this there's some really sick ones like when the gas truck blows up uh there's all yeah. kinds of special effect shots in here that still stand the test of time and look yeah, great and i can't mm-hmm. believe they did it for the budget that they did that is yeah they even easy they even stole some shots like they they got pulled over shooting some stuff while uh the tunnel shots they didn't have a permit uh permit to shoot really they pretended they were ucla film students and no way they needed a permit (laughs) oh that's awesome i Uh, love that kind of shit man one one thing that we uh i haven't mentioned yet that i think is uh probably the least interesting thing i'll mention but i thought was cool was that uh, um, uh sarah connor's exterior to her apartment it was like a couple blocks from my old apartment in koreatown no and shit. i've walked past it a million times and if i had known that it was sarah connor's apartment i would have gotten a picture in front of it dude that's super cool yeah and it wow. still looks the same so huh. there you go <laughs> Don't you go changing, L.A. Don't you go changing. Don't. Don't. Don't go chasing waterfalls, either. Ah, yeah. Because we know about, you know, the things that happen. Do you get mm. AIDS? Is that what it was? That's what it is, yeah. Yeah, and the one guy. you get AIDS. Yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> Pretty sure that's how it goes. I seen a guy get AIDS yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so I think some of the most, like, prevalent special effects shots happen in the the future flash forwards of the of the war zone and stuff that Kyle knows for most of his life. And I love how they transition, you know, where it's like he falls asleep at that construction site and he's watching the the construction machines and there's like the treads on the crane or whatever. Then that transitions mm-hmm. into yeah. the treads on the hunter killers and stuff. I think that those are really well placed and it shows yeah. that like, you know, he's not this invincible hero guy. Like he's haunted by the shit that he has seen. Cause yeah, he knows the future and it's not good. Yeah, it's yeah, he's very well uh very well fleshed out character, very well acted. Uh I think maybe the, the there was one note Orion gave to uh James Cameron that I think probably really helped the movie and that was they wanted more of a relationship between Kyle and Sarah. Okay. And I think that without that the Kyle Reese character would be pretty boring like yeah, there's not yeah. a lot going on beyond that and I think they did a good job of bringing that in because the character now like as it is in in Terminator uh, after taking Orion's device or uh, Orion's advice uh he's m- very fleshed out and feels real and it's like oh this guy who is from the the future has had this crush on this woman from a picture he saw in the future. But, mm-hmm. like, he also has this, like, mythical aura to her that, like, he sees her as this huge heroic figure, but she just sees herself as an 18-year-old girl. Like, it's a real interesting and strange love story that I think makes the movie better. Like, without it, I think it would be hard to attach to either character much. 
I think you're right because the thing is, is that you know by having him be this like super soldier from the future, sent to protect her and all this jazz, it would have been easy for that to be a one-dimensional "I'm the yeah. invincible hero" character. But the fact that they gave him vulnerabilities and weaknesses mm-hmm. really humanized him, which also makes the Terminator seem more inhuman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because we don't want him to die because we like him and we want him to raise John Connor together or whatever. Yeah, I mean, he's Johnny Ringo, dude. He's Johnny fucking Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> which, dude, I totally didn't even know that until I was looking yeah. through his credits. I was like, holy shit, this guy's been on a lot of stuff that I've seen, but he's one of those yeah. guys that I seriously think I could run into him on the street and not recognize him. He really just falls into those characters that he plays so well. Very yeah. underrated actor. Yeah, I, I really dig Michael Bean. He's, he's good. He's really good. Uh, the thing I dig most about him is those cool ass shoes he's wearing damn nikes dude nike vandal highs i want those nike vandal high terminators so much i looked them up they're selling for like a thousand bucks fuck me (laughs) dude do we make that like a new goal on our patreon where it's like if we reach a thousand dollars a month buy steve some nike high vandals maybe that's a thing right maybe people could get behind that i mean you saw what happened when that guy started that uh that GoFundMe to make some potato salad whatever that's a good point (laughs) go did he make the potato salad buy myself some cool tennis shoes you know, maybe it's a thing. Maybe people can get behind it and be like, I'll yeah. toss a dollar at that, sure. Dude, I've I've wanted them since I was a kid. I had um, a pair of Reeboks that looked kind of like them because my dad, uh, dad like, really wanted me to have them. And I don't think at the time that those actually existed, they, they convinced Nike to make them eventually. But uh, I wanted them so bad. And just growing up as a kid like it was uh those shoes and some i saw a cover for a skateboard magazine where a dude was wearing two different color chuck taylors and i wanted that so bad i remember that being kind of a thing yeah eventually my mom bought me blue chuck taylors but she wouldn't buy me a pair of black because apparently they were more expensive than a kid understands Mm, and she I had to work that, for that money. Ugh. Oh, come on. Right? And pay all the bills and, you know, yeah. pay for every meal you ever ate as a child. And come like, on. And, like, feed me. And, yeah, it's like, what What do moms even do? Dude, the older I get, the more I feel, like, just more and more of a prick for, like, yeah, me too. demanding an allowance <laughs> as I was a kid. <laughs> I didn't get an allowance, but uh, I, I just feel bad about even existing as a kid <laughs> not existing as an adult now but as a kid i feel like maybe she should have my mom should have just put me in a mayonnaise jar and then pulled me out when i was a full-grown adult yeah that, that you yeah. know that seems like that's an easier route for most of our parents i just yeah. i can't imagine having some little fucking you know 12 year old with a bowl cut <laughs> you know who's like lived under my roof and literally every meal he's ever eaten has been bought by my work yeah the clothes he is wearing as he's telling me this are ones that I purchased right. and drove to the store in my car to buy. And this little fucking shit is going, I think you need to start paying me every week for everything <laughs> I do around here. Like, fuck you. Fuck you, little kid. <laughs> fuck you. But see, in this case, a lot of the times people have like joyously had those children and like love them and shit. Are you sure? Uh, I think so. 
I mean, <laughs> from my... You don't need from, some evidence. Cite your sources. From, from some people I've talked to who have kids, apparently they like it. I don't know. But I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine even can't if I real. had a kid I wanted just the kid being like, I demand this. <laughs> I demand like, payment for my services. You do realize everything up to this point has been demands as well, right? <laughs> like if yeah. I don't feed you, they take me to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Get with it, you little shit. Yeah. <laughs> now, of course, like most every time travel movie, there there are logic problems in this that arise. Of course. Whenever you start yeah. going back in time to try to alter mm-hmm. the future, there are paradoxes. I mean, the, the fact is, is that essentially the cause of this movie is a kid being like, hey, dad, go back and save mom so she can have me. Yeah. Okay. And then he goes back in time and impregnates her, and it's like, okay. wait, that had to have already happened for there to be a John Connor to have sent you back to begin with. So here's, I think, the plausible explanation for this that makes it all fine. Uh, and I think they kind of address this in Avengers Endgame when they're talking about time travel. Uh, basically, the John Connor that sends Kyle Reese back in time to stop his world from existing still exists in the world that is run by machines. Okay. And Kyle Reese has ceased to exist in that entire reality. He, he right. can't, he so, can't so you're go saying back. Like it, it, it fractures reality and it yeah. splits off into a new timeline. Yeah. This is a separate timeline. And that means that the John Connor who sent Kyle Reese back was not the son of Kyle Reese. Hmm, uh, okay. And it also means that they very well could have had um, Sarah Connor have a daughter because it's a new sperm with the egg. It's a, right? it's a whole different thing. Yeah, that, like the John Connor that we see is not the John Connor that sent back the, the Kyle Reese. So it, it doesn't even make... Like, it's like the John Connor in the future was like, oh, inevitably the machines are going to take over. I just want to be more prepared for it. Yeah. But what they actually do is stop it from happening, supposedly, but then there are all those sequels that... I mean, I haven't even seen Terminator 3. I've never There's sat down and watched it. There's a couple of them I haven't it. seen. Yeah, yeah I think I've like seen the, Salvation. the Christian Bale one, I don't think yeah. I've seen. I saw that one. It's, uh, you know, it's got some yeah. interesting moments in it, for sure. But The thing that it kind of got me thinking about, though, is like, imagine in this movie, in this timeline, if, you know... John Connor sends Kyle Reese back to go and save his mom and keep, you know, keep him being born and stuff like that. Right. Kyle Reese goes back in time. He hooks up with Sarah Connor in there, too. And then let's say he doesn't die at the end. They beat the Terminator. Maybe he even, like, time travels back to the future, and, and he's talking to John Connor, and John's like, hey, how'd it go, man? He's like, dude, it went great. Totally beat the Terminator. You are going to be born. I saved your mom. Hey, also get this. We fucking hooked up. I got the banger. We had sex. And John Connor's like, wait, you used a condom, right? He's like, no, man. Raw dog. Raw dog, bro. She was good to go. John Connor starts to vanish in Back to the Future. He's like, you fucking idiot. Now I'm not going to be bored. You fucked my mom. Fuck you, dude. (laughs) He's just like fading out. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Only to be replaced by Sean Connor. (laughs) What? He's kind of a a dweeb. Yeah, he's kind of a dweeb. And he also, he's not a good leader. 
Uh, his mom really scared the shit out of him trying to train him to be a good leader, and he's just like... He really got uh, more into the arts. He's got a liberal yeah. arts degree and stuff, and it's like, well, my skills aren't really needed here, but... He paints beautiful paintings of the beautiful. T-800s. <laughs> All because that asshole Kyle went back in time, banged his mom. Son of a bitch and Kyle. Son of a bitch, dude. You fucked my mom? Are you serious? <laughs> Dude, no! <laughs> As he disappears. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, I love those paradoxes and stuff in these movies because your brain really hits a wall where, like, you're thinking about that couldn't have happened because he would have had to have gone back in time already for that to have happened. Yeah. And I love whenever my brain hits that brick wall like that where it's, like, does not compute. I enjoy that kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is interesting, yeah. Uh <laughs> I yeah I I never I guess it's like I'm glad we did this because I've seen this movie so many times that I don't I never questioned much of it so watching it and trying to look at it with a critical eye yeah and and coming to the conclusion that I still love it was awesome like yeah right <laughs> we've done movies where I loved it and then come to the conclusion it's actually not that good in this totally. case getting more acquainted with this movie i've seen so many times and and also discovering that it's it's everything i believed it to be and just as good as it ever was i this is great it it, it was a fun time to watch this again totally agree man i totally agree i think the only thing that can make it cooler is that, you know imagine this is kind of a let's call it a reimagining Okay. There's a couple. It's like set way, way, way back in time, way back in the olden days. We got right uh, a husband and his very pregnant wife. They're traveling across the desert on like camelback or, or maybe on horse or like a, a mule or something like that. You know, they're trying to mm. find shelter and stuff. Right. A- and then this this portal opens up in the middle of the desert, and this guy's like, "Mary, I have to save you. You're gonna give birth to the Messiah." Right. I've got to keep you safe. And then there's like this like crazy murder robot that's gone back in time to try to kill Jesus. God, yeah, gotcha. I mean, if you think about it, John Connor, JC, it's right. kind of there. Yeah, it is kind of there. You're right. I mean, I think you're, yeah, okay. So the next Terminator movie will be uh, the Terminator decides to go back in time to kill Jesus because if he kills <laughs> Jesus, then John Connor will be named something different, and it won't work. People will be exactly. like, who's Quentin? <laughs> well, the thing is, we've already had Terminator Genesis. This is Terminator Exodus, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Terminator Leviticus. <laughs> Terminator Leviticus. <laughs> Why not, man? Did I think you combine make it cotton with another fabric? <laughs> Die. Die. (laughs) I know what you mean, though, man. Like, you go back and you watch this, and it's such an efficient movie. It's so well-paced. The exposition about what is happening in the future and stuff is so well done. It never really seems all that heavy-handed. I love that even some of the, the exposition is so natural where it's like, as Sarah Connor grows to trust Kyle Reese and she starts asking questions about, like, well, what's it like in the future? What's your average day like? Like, what are the girls like? Like, she starts to trust him more and more and believe him. So she asks the questions that are there to answer to us what life is like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just so well-paced and efficient. There's never really any moments in this movie where I'm like, 
okay, fucking go somewhere. Like, what's going on yeah. already? You yeah, know? it never, it never. I mean, uh, the sex scene is uh, maybe a little long. Yeah, little long, little out I, of nowhere. But I think it's also put in with, uh, like, this movie did really well with with women, and Arnold Schwarzenegger actually suggested that when they make the preview, they play up the love story more. Um, I don't think it did well with women because of the love story. I think yeah. Hollywood used to have some pretty sexist ideas of why a movie did well with women. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, a, an interesting movie did well with women. Probably because there's a love story. No, it's probably because <laughs> it was an interesting fucking movie. What do you mean? Uh, I th- think it's all more of the smooching and hugging, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all they're interested in. I know. I know the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell true. you what, though. I did forget how much of this movie is spent with Arnold not having eyebrows. Right. Uh, yeah, he was really worried about that and actually got his eyebrows insured. Uh-uh. Yeah, he was worried they wouldn't grow back right. Holy shit, really? Mm-hmm. Dude. The thing yeah. is, though, that's funny about it is, like, you know, he's in that, that, that accident and they, like, get burnt off or whatever. Right. But the weird thing is, is, like, when people have their eyebrows removed, it does change the way that you perceive them and stuff. Yeah. It's like it kind of makes a person look more inhuman. So it actually mm-hmm. added to the cybernetic nature of his character in a way. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Remember how Whoopi Goldberg doesn't have eyebrows? And how no- none of us ever noticed, like all none of, of us our lives? ever noticed. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a big deal, though. Yeah, it changes your face. It really does, man. Yeah. So it kind of it kind of works in a way, but I've forgotten how much of it is spent with no eyebrows on Arnie. Yeah. yeah. And the question that I just I have to know at the end of the flick there. I mean, we see her driving through Mexico. She's got her big old dog. What happened to that fucking iguana? Also, why did yeah, she have an real. iguana? You remember when in the eighties people would have a pet iguana? Why? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, some people out there definitely have uh, iguanas or snakes as pets. I'm sure. It's a, I I don't get it. I would like to understand. I, I, I just iguanas don't seem to have much personality to me. I wouldn't think. Not that I dislike an iguana. It's just, I mean, I don't keeping need it one. around is like it could just be out somewhere in a tree. <laughs> like, what, what is this relationship about? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm now gonna go and like change all my like social media handles and stuff to like Ben Eller. I don't need an iguana. Don't need it. I just don't need it. It's don't not that I don't it. want one. I I don't need one really. Don't need and, one. And an iguana doesn't need me. That's true. I I can't think of a single time an iguana has come up to a human like, "Hey, food, please." <laughs> Love me. Right. Dogs, cats, they do that. Not iguanas. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you're right, though. This movie does totally hold up. And even if it was just a standalone movie and didn't have the lineage and stuff like that behind it, I think that you would still be able to watch this one just crazy, isolated sci fi uh, slasher uh, horror movie from the 80s and be like, dude, did you ever see this? It's weird as fuck and fucking awesome. But then the fact that it maybe even gained value in my eyes because it is the thing that leads us to Terminator 2, yeah. which is fucking incredible. I mean, yeah. T2, it, I, I hate to say it like because I love this movie so much, but 
it is superior to Terminator mm-hmm. 1 it, in, in every way. It was the original story that James Cameron came up with. He didn't think they had the uh, technology to make it work. Oh, and he's yeah. right, too. I mean, that's yeah. just smart work with what's there. Yeah, uh, and if you, I mean, just watching them back-to-back as I did the other night, um, watching them back-to-back, you see that Terminator 2 has so many of the same beats as Terminator 1. Yeah, yeah, it's like this is the movie I wanted to make. Like yeah, that's what it he's feels showing. that way. It's kind of yeah. like Evil Dead Two versus original Evil Dead in a lot of ways, right. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very similar. Yeah, man, alive, dude. Yeah, fucking great movie. I'm really glad we covered it. This is one of those ones that I've also always wanted to do since we started yeah. doing the show. I've been like, I can't wait till we get to do Terminator. I can't believe that we're this many episodes in and just now getting Jeez. to it because it is a seventy something. Fuck, man, uh-huh. it's, it's an absolute classic everybody should see this movie even if you don't like horror movies you should watch this if you don't really get into sci-fi movies or action movies you should watch this everybody should watch this fucking movie yeah absolutely i agree uh we're rating it now let's let's Uh, slap a rate on this thing i mean it's hard for me to not give it a 10 because it's just been a part of my life for so long but i i see the flaws and i see how terminator 2 fixes them fix them yeah um so yeah, it's it's not a perfect movie. Uh, it's surprisingly for a movie in the eighties. I don't think anybody said anything that made me cringe. That's like, true. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing really in this that is truly just like, ugh. Yeah, I can't believe you just said that. But yeah, um, huh? I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, but so, there's no like, there's no like, you know, fucking guy at the restaurant slapping her ass and being like, bring me some sugar, little missy, or anything yeah. like disparaging or like shitty about minorities or anything yeah it actually has aged pretty well you're right it's aged well and it uh it i mean it introduced a a lot of us to arnold uh who you know for better or worse has been a huge part of the movie scene since this movie i think he's been a a a positive contribution he's a, a great action star you know he has his problems for sure he's cheated on his wife etc but yeah. uh you know i i think in this case uh it's not hard to separate the artist from his scandals because his scandals are minor i mean they're it's a big deal to cheat on your wife but yeah yeah, yeah. people do it a lot <laughs> it's it's not it's not brand new it's insane that he did it but you know it it happens I mean, People the president's weird... done it like a million times. Yeah, so, you know. I guess it's fine, right? That means it's uh, fine. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I I like Arnold. I disagree with him on a lot of things politically, but uh, you know, I'm glad that he has been so pro environment. Seems like he's totally. he's at least trying to do some good. So the movie brought us Schwarzenegger. Uh, it made James Cameron uh, visible, which is what eventually leads to aliens and some several other movies that a lot of people like i'm not huge on titanic or avatar but mm-hmm. uh, i would say i'm a minority in the world yeah clearly <laughs> clearly those yeah. movies have made tons of money a lot of people liked them i think yeah and they're not poorly directed or anything oh, so, no, uh-uh. yeah so this movie just has this like huge legacy in my mind uh, uh and watching it again not a not a ton of problems with it so for me this is like a nine i would yeah. say i think that that's extremely fair i think that it, it tells its story and 
builds a world and builds a vision yeah. of the future and stuff in a very concise amount of time. I mean, especially considering like you and I've been watching all these Marvel movies that are all right. like two and a half hours long yeah. and stuff. And this, this is movie hour builds a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's not that long, yeah. and it really fleshes out a world that could exist without T2 and all the other sequels and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, while at the same time, it's like, even after it's over, even though it is, you know, surface level, a big dumb action movie, at the end, you are left with those questions about, yeah, the paradoxes and stuff like we're talking about. Mm -hmm. You wonder about what happened to that iguana. I really mm -hmm. wonder who her roommate was making that sandwich for post-coitus. Was she making the sandwich for herself or for the boyfriend? I don't know. Well, yeah, that's a good question. You know... We should have discussed that earlier in the podcast because that's a two-hour discussion itself. It's a big one. I think that that's something that really divides <laughs> us and tells me a lot about your character, who you that's, think she's making yeah. a sandwich for. Yeah. Um, also, it. why does she listen to music on her Walkman while <laughs> she's uh, banging her guy? That's a weird one. That's a weird one. I mean, I've maybe that guy seen... just sucks that bad. She's like, I got to have something to fucking entertain yeah. myself. This guy fucking does like, his thing. The dick is good, but the conversation's terrible, so... <laughs> Yeah, I'm just gonna throw <laughs> on some music. Maybe the deal is maybe what we didn't get is that while they bang, that guy has this weird habit of being like, "Ooh, ooh, <laughs> baby, ooh." <laughs> like he just My makes the worst noise. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I almost got to put on some music. Jack A there. Ooh, Mary. <laughs> I'm going out with the doctor tonight. And hey, in that case. More power to her that she found a way to make her relationship work. I mean, yeah, she's just like, we're going to find a compromise. <laughs> I'm just going to put some tunes on. We're still going to do this. I love this, this is guy, just what I need. even though he turns into Jerry Lewis when we're having sex. <laughs> Laving. Oh, pretty <laughs> lady. <laughs> lady. <laughs> Maybe that was a deal. We'll never know. Um, and also, too, just as a quick PS, how horror is that? Like, what a horror kill that they just got done yeah. banging. Yeah. And she goes off to the kitchen and then this silent, menacing killer comes in and murders this guy. Like, yeah. when he crawls out of the bedroom and he's covered in blood from the broken glass and shit. Yeah. Come on, dude. dude that's a fucking Jason kill. Yeah. Or a Mike well, Myers kill. It's a Mike Myers kill. It's like opposite of Halloween with the, the yep. guy going down to the, the kitchen and getting killed. It is and then, opposite. Yeah. So, yeah. so similar to Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. like, in, in Halloween, like, remember... Uh, he goes off to get a beer for old yeah. PJ Rourke or whatever, right? PJ Souls, yeah. Souls, there you go. Yeah. yeah, goes off to get a beer for her. Huh. It is and then exactly that. Yeah. 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 So it's it's just kind of reverses some of that. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's so slashery. Yeah, totally, man. And that's what I love about it, is like it still has to me the feel of a of a slasher in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Unstoppable killing machine. Yeah, great cast. Uh, of a lot of really unknown people at this point. They definitely took some risks getting these people and putting them in this flick. I can't believe how much they did with so little. I mean, no big name yeah. actors, minimal budget for special effects and stuff, and they, they knocked it out of the park. Mm. I think that in a world where T2 doesn't exist, where there is not a better vision of all of this stuff, I would probably give this a 10 as well. Right. But n knowing that T2 is out there and T2 is a 10... Mm -hmm. um, I think this is a nine. I think that nine yeah. is a very fair assessment of this uh, of this movie. Extremely influential. It's one of those that we've known our whole lives. Like if you've yeah. not seen it, you know it. You know I'll be back. You know oh, come yeah. with me if you want to live. You know the metal skeleton. Uh -huh. You know it all. It's just embedded in 
pop culture, movie culture, video game culture, everything. So, Fun yeah, fact. clearly a important piece of uh, film history. Fun fact about I'll Be Back, Arnold couldn't say I'll. And so, huh? yeah, he was having trouble saying I'll. So he wanted to change it to I will be back. Really? Which I think would have undercut. It would have never become the popular line with I will be back. Like, that just sounds so robotic. Whereas I will I'll be, be back. I'll be back. Like, it, you're you're doing an Arnold impression, not a robot impression. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Interesting. Yeah, what a fucking awesome movie. Glad we got to do this one. Yeah, me And too. I'm definitely excited about the flick that we're going to be doing on next week's episode because we're going to have ourselves a very special guest co-host on the <gasps> show. <gasps> That's right. It's a really fucking awesome dude who expanded my view of movies by starting our little pseudo movie club back in the college days. Uh, we'll tell the whole story about that next week. But yeah, this guy really introduced me to a lot of flicks, a lot of horror flicks uh, in particular. It's the first person that showed me the entire, you know, Elm Street franchise and stuff like that, as well as exposing me to a lot of international flicks by directors I had never heard of, like Takashi Miyake and mm-hmm. all these other cats, uh, as well as just being one of, one of my nearest and dearest friends uh, for the majority of my life i've known this guy for so fucking long and he's the best and some of you dead and lovely listeners already know our good buddy brandon subtles because some of you guys have donated to his uh gofundme campaign to help pay for his bills he is uh currently battling a extremely rare and very aggressive form of cancer uh absolutely kicking ass i have no idea how how anybody can be as fucking tough as Brandon has been through this whole scenario and how tough he's been for his wife and his kids and his family, you know, his mom, his friends, everybody. I, I have no idea how anybody can be so fucking tough and stick around. Uh, but a lot of you guys have donated to his GoFundMe and that has meant the world to me just seeing you guys support one of my friends just based on the word that, you know, me and Steve say, this guy's a great person. Yeah throw some money at him it means a fucking ton to me yeah uh, so i'm sure it means the world to him as well and uh, our good buddy brandon subtles is going to be on the show next week and we're going to be talking about a movie that i have never seen before steve the changeling the changeling yeah the changeling. and not the angelina jolie uh clint eastwood directed movie not but that one the one with uh Patton in it yeah, the Ode one. It's real yeah. Ode. Why well, can't I remember his name? Fuck. Patton. Who played Patton? <laughs> Patton. That guy. Damn it. What is that guy's name? Fuck. Uh, it's contagious. Something. That guy. Uh, you know, the guy you're you're shouting as you're sitting in traffic he right now. He played Ebenezer Scrooge. George C. Scott. George C. Scott. That's it. That's the one. I got it. See, I was just waiting to see if our listeners got it. So Yeah, my wife was definitely screaming at the... the speakers probably <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Scott. <laughs> so i look forward to checking that one out and talking with brandon i'd love to do a little rundown of his like top horror flicks and stuff like that too to let yeah. our dead and lovely listeners get to know this fucking awesome guy but i'm definitely excited about that it's going to be a lot of fun it's always fun having a guest we've never done a long distance guest of course we're still doing a long distance podcast due to uh you know quarantine and shit like that so it should be fun yeah it will be fun it will be. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll get the we'll get the the what do you call it? Rhythm. Yeah. Going. Yeah. And a little one and uh 
two and uh, three. And it's That's four. The one. Yeah, rhythm. Just fucking. That's it. Flawless timing. Uh huh. You got it. <laughs> We're gonna do it. So yeah, tune in next week where Brandon will be joining us talking about the changeling. In the meantime, if you want to help support the show and also be able to submit a movie of your choosing for us to cover on the podcast on a later date, consider dropping us your money paper over on patreon.com slash dead and lovely. Woo, Head on over that's there. Right. We also that's right. are on the interwebs on social medias on the facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely on the Twitter and the Instagram at dead lovely pod. We're all over the place. You can find us here. You can find us there. You can find us everywhere. Everywhere. We, we everywhere, y'all. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you guys be sure to track us down, show us some love, and support the show and all that other cool stuff. Stay in touch with us. And I hope that everybody out there is staying happy, healthy, wealthy, and keeping them fucking hands clean. And your ass. Wash it. And wear a fucking mask in public. God damn it. It's not hard. It's seriously really not, not a big fucking deal, really guys. Not. It's not. Oh. Just put just put put piece of cloth in front of your stupid face, and it's you a fucking spit guard, guys. Into the cloth, and then the spit doesn't get into other people. And it's not a big deal. Like that's no. that's the thing, dude. And it's like, yes, I understand if you're wearing a bandana around your face. Yes, the particle size of a virus can get through there. Yes, that's not the point. It's a no. spit guard. It keeps you from spitting all over everything while you. The fucking- virus doesn't have wings. Yeah. Ah, it's not hard. So, do it. Do us a favor. Do that do thing. It. And be sure to tune in next week Hell for the yeah. next installment of Dead and Lovely. I have been Uncle Boone, and I continue to be Hollywood Steve. And so shall we be next week. We'll catch you guys then. Bye. Bye. We'll be back. Banana, banana. Mm, this is appealing. Banana. <gasps> In a world where two dudes do a podcast, oh my God, they're I'm, sent I'm back in time <gasps> with one program to kill the other. Holy shit. Terminator 5, Dead and Lovely Edition. <laughs> What? <laughs> I'm at the edge of my seat. Wouldn't that even be Terminator? How many Terminators are there? Six. There's a lot. That would yeah, be, there's wait, a handful of them. That would be seven, maybe. Terminator maybe, yeah. seven. And we're getting Lena Headey back to play Sarah Connor from the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah. Just because I want to hang out with her. Oh, yeah, uh, we're playing ourselves. It's oh, okay, low cool. budget. <laughs> it's I'll work coming for out of VHS. I'll do it. <laughs> Straight to VHS. I like yeah. that. Straight to beta. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>